The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Independence Day Resurgence. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? Um, double fist in it with Coors Light. All right. Also with us is Mugga. What up, Mugs? Yo. What are you drinking? Uh, Jason actually bought me a Stone beer. It's their double IPA for the 4th of July. They enjoy by, so yeah. it's like a seasonal beer, so it's kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. And uh, rounding out the panel today is Bling. What's up, Bling? What's going on, I'm Karn? Uh, what are you drinking today? I have some water. With minerals added for, for flavor. <laughs> nice. Let's get some salt in that water. What about you, Kerwin? What are you drinking? I have a, uh, I don't even know what this is. I just pulled it out the fridge. I have a uh, Hell or High Mango from uh, 21st Amendment Brewery. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Didn't know what it was and I drank it. Kind of like. It's not bad, huh? Yeah, like Jean Claude Van Damme in Kickboxing. <laughs> yeah. when, when Elizabeth graduated, she got a whole keg of the watermelon flavor of that. Yeah. A whole keg, and she was like, "I'm going to finish this," and they kept it until it was done. The watermelon one is better. Wow, she finished the whole keg. keg? Like, well, I mean, it was her and her roommates when she lived at her old house. But yeah, they kept the keg and they kept re-icing it. And they literally, like, there's a picture of her on the fridge holding the whole keg, like we fucking killed this thing. Like, she's like, "We will finish this." It's her favorite. Well, hey, shout out Elizabeth. Jeez, Elizabeth is Jason's fiance. Yes, just tuning in. It makes makes a whole lot more sense now. Yeah. Now that I now that I've heard this story, that's amazing. Um, so uh, we are talking today about Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, it was released June twenty fourth, twenty sixteen. It stars Jeff Goldblum, Liam Hemsworth, Bill Pullman, Micah Monroe, Jesse Usher, William Fichtner, uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Judd Hirsch, and Brent Spiner. It's directed by Roland Emmerich and written by Roland Emmerich, Dean Devlin, James Vanderbilt, Nicholas Wright, and James A. Woods. And it is distributed by 20th Century Fox. Uh, so we're going to switch things up a little bit here, trying out a new format. Um, so we're going to actually start with our experience. So, uh, Mugga, why don't you tell us your experience with Independence Day Resurgence? So last year when we did our Independence Day podcast, um, I wanted to like quickly just follow up. I knew we'd have to watch it eventually. So I did rent this movie um, last year around the 4th of July time and uh, hated it miserably. Um, and I did take notes because I didn't want to watch it again. And so when we were going to do this podcast, I wanted to look at my notes. And the movie did not have an impact on my life. So I had to rewatch it again because it wasn't connecting the dots. So I actually watched it again this week. And uh, yeah, I had to run it twice. So I know we're going to give it a value later on, but I had to literally pay seven ninety eight to watch it twice because three ninety nine both times. You know, so, I got yeah. worried for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. All right. Uh, Jason, what is your experience? So <laughs> I waited till the last minute. I procrastinated to watch this movie. I'm not going to lie. So I watched this last night, the night before recording this, and I paid $3.99 on Amazon to watch it. Uh, but it, it was funny. I told Elizabeth the night before, because like, I'm like knee deep in The Sopranos. I'm trying to finish this Sopranos series. So like every time I get home, you know, I finish up work or whatever, and then I'm turning on Sopranos trying to muscle through it. And so when I got, I told myself, I told Elizabeth, when I get home on Thursday, you do not let me turn on Sopranos. I have to watch this movie first thing or I'm not going to watch it because I won't have time Friday. So she's like, okay, okay. She's like, I'm going to work out and do my thing. I was like, okay, cool. So <laughs> I, I started to watch it. I'm like trying to get through the movie and I tried to invite Elizabeth out, but she, she told me to say that she'd rather do laundry 
and wash all the sheets on the bed than ever watch this movie because she came out for about two minutes and watched it with me and she's like nope not doing it so she she was uh, like yeah just say on the podcast that I'd rather do anything I'd rather make the bed I'd rather do laundry I'd rather watch pain dry yeah she was like just let everyone know I'd rather do anything else than watch this movie so yeah I just sat outside had a couple beers and uh, got through it but I did have to take one break I took a break, a little breather, because I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to finish this. It's about halfway through. Um, but yeah, I just sat outside and watched it, and then I followed up with some Sopranos. So, ended on a good note. There you go. Uh, my experience, um, this is my first time watching the movie. Uh, I watched it, I believe, either Sunday or Monday night. But, uh, you know, I, I powered through it, uh, did some research over the week. But, um, yeah, I had, to, I had to rent it, which sucks, because... Um, for like the last three years, this movie has been free on Amazon Prime. I know, we didn't watch it. And yeah. when we finally decided to review it, you have to rent it. So yeah. I paid I paid three ninety nine to watch it. It was four ninety nine to own. But I was like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, I want to see the dollar. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't I don't want people browsing through my library and seeing it. When you rented it this time, it was four ninety nine to own it? Four ninety nine to own it. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Okay, crazy. I mean I wouldn't have done it, but I was yeah. just that's crazy. I'd rather lose four dollars than pay five to own it, to be <laughs> honest. But uh no spoilers for the reviews on my end. But uh Bling, uh what is your experience with this? So movie? I, I'm in the same boat as, as Mugga was when, when we did the first p- podcast. I was like, Okay, you know what? I need to see this film. I didn't realize it had come out like three or four years prior. So it's been a while. So I'm like, oh, okay. So um, watched it, paid the $3.99. Saw it again on on Thursday. Had to also pay $3.99 again. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, uh, my experience, it was... We'll get into the in, in the trash and treasure, but uh, I did like it the second time around. I have um, to agree with Bling. It was a little better the second time. Not yeah, a lot, but yeah, a little better the, the second time. Time around, yeah. yeah. And so, but... Um, Someone owes me four dollars. <laughs> Not us. Did you did you watch it downstairs with your whole surround sound set oh, up? Oh yeah. Oh you did. Okay. Oh, cool. Oh yeah. And did that help? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I wish you guys could have seen his reaction. I'm just curious. <laughs> All right. Um. So uh, before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga, why don't you hit us with the financials? All right. So it was a success. I'm gonna kind of run down this domestically. This movie made 103 million. Uh, internationally, 287 million, which is really crazy to me, which I'll get into my um, theories on that. But worldwide, then, so it's bringing in around 390 million. Um, in the theaters at this time, um, it did not come in at number one that weekend, um, which is weird, which I'll, I'll show you the connection in a second. But it, would, it came in at number two. Um, some, some interesting movies. It's weird, though. This is a sequel, and in the movies at the time, are a bunch of sequels. Um, but I have to shout out uh, number 14 was Captain America Civil War that was in theaters for its 50th week so it was still making money also the Jungle Book the one that uh, um, was directed by John Favreau I always say his name wrong say it for me John Favreau yeah um, that was that was in for 71 weeks that was still doing good that was number 12, 13 um, but then you have like X-Men Apocalypse at number 8 but like I didn't even know they made this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of Shadows. Did you guys know about that one? Yeah, that's that Michael Bay produced one with Megan Fox in it. Yeah. That's not a sequel to that one. That's that is, the one. That oh, that is, is the one? Okay. Yeah. A sequel, so there's yeah. that one. There's Now You See Me 2, The Conjuring 2. Um, yeah, which is weird, though. But can anyone try to take a guess on what it lost to, which is also a sequel? However, I'm going to give you a hint because I know it's very vague. It's a cartoon sequel. Finding Dory. Yeah, how'd yeah. you know? Because I did the research. Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Finding Dory, which is I- ironic because what I'm going to get at is now I'm going to compare it to the financials to the first one. 
I read an article that basically said this movie flopped because of reasons that people are kind of done with the sequels in a sense, unless it's like the MCU or something like that, as well as they were just done with the whole like Armageddon theory. You know, we, we've seen so many movies day after tomorrow what 2012 or others, all that stuff, you know, so that was a theory. But anyways, this, oh, go ahead. You know what's ironic about that? Yeah. Those two movies are viral in Emmerich. Oh, really? Yeah, both <laughs> of those movies. So this movie actually made more money than the first one. However, and I want to say however, there was two stipulations. I think that ticket prices were almost half the price that they were when this went out as opposed to the other one. The other one was, I don't, this is according to Box Office Mojo, I have no international sales for the first Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I should have gone back and researched it, but all of the money that Independence Day made was from just domestic. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Okay. To whereas this made like 200, like I said, an $86 million, which takes up 73.5% of their revenue. So it's, it's really weird, but I, the movie was about not just U.S. It's like, I guess, after this whole thing happened, the whole world united, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. So, but, uh, but, but it did do a little bit better. But if you compare this as far as budgets, first Independence Day was $75 million. The second one was more than double at $165 million. And also, the, all, all the box office for the first one was just domestic whereas this one had internationally so i still think the first one was way more of a success but this did make money because this budget was only 165 and it made over what i say was a 380 something million yeah 87 so mm-hmm. very successful but i don't think it was a good success it was like it was just piggybacking off of the success from the first independence day if well, that makes well sense. the 90s was also different i think the movie going experience was also different so yeah. you have to take that into account i know we talk about inflation and and yeah. and, and such but you also have to take into account like the movie experience i think is a lot bigger yeah now than it was in the 90s and my thing too i want to bring up none of us had an experience where we saw this movie in the theaters we saw the trailer we waited a couple of years like why is that i i excuse me i looked at the trailer and I was like, I don't need to go to the theater. I don't need to rush to watch it. I'm literally watching it because we're doing a podcast on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I, it's weird. Like, 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 like it did well, but like people in America kind of felt the same way that we did. Right. Like, I don't need to go. You know, Well, I know why you didn't want to rush out to watch it. Because <laughs> of Will Smith. Yeah. Because Will Smith wasn't it. your boy, man. Uh, that's uh, exactly why I didn't go see it. I was just like, I was like, you didn't bring Will Smith back. Like, they tried to. They yeah. tried to. Yeah. Because like, I, I didn't say this in my experience, but like I, I followed kind of like the movie news a lot more heavily back then. And as soon as they were like, yeah, Will Smith's not going to be back. I was like, yeah, I'm checking out. Uh, I, I was just like, yeah, you couldn't get Will Smith. It, it's back. like one of those sequels that they, they make a movie, a sequel for a movie that they just go direct, direct the video. I felt like this is what this film should have been like. Yeah. Just go direct the video. But it, it did well internationally. <laughs> I mean, it made money, you know. Well, I just remember Muggs was like talking about wanting to watch this trailer so bad. Like he had his Will Smith shirt on. You remember? <laughs> he had his Will Smith shirt. He's just waiting in front of the TV to push it's play. Fake news. <laughs> Fake. <laughs> Have you ever seen like a, a balloon deflate? That was like most he just sunk into the couch. Yeah. It's real sad, man. His heart was broken, wasn't it? Yeah. So into it a million broken. pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Financially, it was success, but I want to say by default, if you guys are okay with that, I think it piggybacked as well as other things. But but yeah, it's, it was a success, but again, by default. But those are the financials. All right. Uh, Jason, tell us what the people thought of this movie. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critics, uh, it came in at a 30%, so 30% of them liked it. Uh, had an average rating of 4.40 out of 10 uh, with 228 reviews. The audience, uh, same as the critics. Yeah, 30%. it was right, evenly matched when I looked at yeah. it. Yeah, so 50,000 plus ratings for the audience and an average rating of 2.6 out of 5. So 30% of them gave a 2.5 or higher. So 
I think that's how do you, how do you guys feel about that? I, I agree with it. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree. Eh. Yeah. I think it's... That's the equivalent of us giving it a low five if you were to give it a value. I mean, in my opinion, which is where I'm hovering right now. We'll see how the research goes in. But. Yeah. I think, I think based on the research, you may be sympathetic. Yeah. But we'll see how that goes. One uh, review that stood out to me, her name is Avril Haley. She's from, she's from a website called Movie Bitches. And she says, this was even dumber, if possible. <laughs> Uh, and then Ricardo Gallegos, uh, he says, "A fun time to disconnect your brain." Such a such a sad positive review. They really paint a picture, right? Yeah. Um, so IMDb, they gave it a, a little bit better, so five point two out of ten, with over one hundred sixty nine thousand reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the demos that we you know we look at, again, these are kind of skewed based on you know how many people in each age group and each. Uh, between male and female actually vote. So, you know, the, again, the high, the, the average was 5.2 females under 18, give it a 6.3, but there's only nine votes. Um, and then the lowest was males under 18. There's 50 votes and they gave it a 4.5. So, uh, slightly lower, but I don't know. Those are the reviews. All right, let's move on to behind the scenes and talk about the development of this movie. Uh, So the original duo of Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin are back for the Independence Day sequel. Uh, Previously, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin have worked collaboratively on films like Universal Soldier, Godzilla, The Patriot, and, you know, as we've mentioned before, they are the creators of the Stargate franchise. According to Sci-Fi Wire, these guys were working on getting a sequel to Independence Day made as early as 2001 with the full intent on getting most, if not all, of the original film's cast back. Uh, Dean Devlin in an interview says that, uh, quote, I like to think that hit movies are like a cocktail. You want to try to get all the ingredients back together again and try to get the same mix. And uh, he also says, quote, I think... (laughs) I'm sorry, what? They're like a cocktail. Say that again, dude. (laughs) Want me to say it again? All right, all right, all right. Excuse me, excuse me. Dean Devlin says, I like to think that hit movies are like a cocktail. You want to try to get all the ingredients back together again and try to get the same mix. Sorry. Is is this a drink you're ordering at the bar? Yeah, it It is. is? Okay, cool. Uh, And he also says, quote, "Um, I think if we had a good script, everyone would want to come back. If the script isn't good, then they'll probably tell us to go our own way. So, you know, we'll, we'll learn about that as we get further in the research, but that was kind of his look at it as far as getting everybody back. Uh, in an interview with IGN, Dean Devlin is quoted as saying that uh, he and Emmerich didn't want to do a sequel just to make a sequel, and that they actually set a pretty high standard for themselves on what kind of story they'd want to do moving forward. Um, he also says that after 9-11, they did a ton of interviews because the imagery of the original movie mirrored so much of what had happened after the fact, you know, during those terrorist attacks. Uh, More specifically, he talks about how America and most of the world really kind of came together after 9-11, and that gave him the inspiration for where this story could lead to in the aftermath of those alien attacks from the first movie. Roland Emmerich has stated that uh, since the release of the first film, he would always get asked when the next movie was going to come out, and he thinks people were so invested in a possible sequel um, because that movie really was ahead of the curve and really, really did set the bar for like blockbuster movies moving forward. Um, Devlin and Emmerich uh, began work on their script at that point, but around 2004, they they abandoned the project because they couldn't figure out a way to continue the story. Uh, in another Sci-Fi Wire interview, Roland Emmerich says that when they were writing it, 
Everything kind of sounded like a repeat, and the last thing they wanted to do was repeat the previous movie. He says that 20th Century Fox had already given him and Dean Devlin money to produce the film, or at least the script, and they actually had to go back and return the payment because they couldn't get a story done. So they had to send the money back the first time to, wow. to, yeah, to Fox. That's crazy. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah. But, but then all of a sudden, 10 years later, life finds a way. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, that was good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but uh, in the 2009 interview, uh, Emmerich confirmed that they were once again working with Fox to get a sequel made and uh, that the plan was to do a much bigger story arc with two sequels, uh, like we mentioned in the last episode. Uh, but they were titled at the time ID Forever Parts One and Two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Just the disappointment yeah. on your face. Oh, I just can't wait till Trash and Treasure. Well, if you think if you think that's disappointing, let's talk about Will Smith not being in the movie. Yeah. So uh, I know Mug is bummed. Yeah, he is. He's the biggest fan. I think he would have made the movie better though. He would have. He would have. Oh, for sure. That's why you're wearing your uh, Will Smith shirt right now. I so. am not. That is fake news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than cracking the script, one of the major reasons for the movie holdup were negotiations with Will Smith and the studio. Uh, 2009, Roland Emmerich mentioned that negotiations were going on with Fox regarding bringing Will Smith back. Uh, the studio was very adamant about them making the sequel without him, but Emmerich made it clear that Will Smith was essential to the success of the movie. That all fell through, however, when Fox refused to pay Will Smith the $50 million he'd asked for in order to shoot both Independence Day sequels back-to-back. So it was for both. It wasn't just for one. Yeah, right? it was yeah. for two movies. Yeah. yeah. So they were going to shoot them back-to-back just like uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Right. Yeah. Um, this is kind of unfortunate, though, because uh, according, uh, according to a 2011 MovieWeb article, uh, Will Smith's schedule was actually pretty open around this time. Um, he hadn't even started After Earth yet, that uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie that sucked balls. And... Um, this is way before Suicide Squad even got sent his way, so they could have locked him in much earlier, you know? Um, in a 2016 Entertainment Weekly article, uh, Will Smith explains why he chose to pursue playing Deadshot in Suicide Squad over Captain Stephen Hiller in Independence Day Resurgence. And he says, quote, uh, I had the two screenplays in front of me for Independence Day 2 and for Suicide Squad. I had to choose between the two of those. Even the choice of going to Suicide Squad, nothing about the qualities of the movie, but the choice of trying to go forward versus clinging and clawing backwards. I do want to go aggressively go forward and do new things and create and hopefully be able to stumble upon a new heyday. Um, you know, I, I, I can... I, I agree with that statement. Yeah. I, I, I think he did the right thing. Yeah, but then he did yeah. Bad Boys 3, so... Yeah. There is that. You, you agree with that. I agree with the thought. I'm saying that... At do the, you think he made the right decision? At the time... Marvel is in full throttle. He looks at, hey, Suicide Squad could be that side that I can get into. This, I mean, I mean, you, you know this movie's shit. He probably is thinking the same thing we are. You know, yeah. like, they're just trying to, like, get what was created in the 90s. I, I don't know. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Really? Did you like Suicide Squad? No. But that was not on him, though. If we ever review that movie, that is completely right, Kerwin. That's totally... That's the studio interference. The studio just fucking with shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard that movie was chopped up to, like... Be that as it may, I'm just saying. Like now, we're in hindsight. We're looking back. Like, well, both of them suck. But I'm just saying. Yeah. I agree well, with, yeah. okay. Well, one of them he was in. One he was not. Do you think him being in, in, like, say they write him in and it changes the story? Do you think it would have done? Do you think we would have liked it better? I I will say this. I'll answer. Um, I think that the story would have been much better, and I think people would have actually gone to go see it. I I 100 guarantee you, this movie would have made 
close to maybe like 800 mil if Will Smith was in it. Yeah. And, and I can't say like would it have done better because it did do well, like you said. Yeah. Um, I'm just more saying like I could see it us liking it more because they did bring, and you're going to get into it, but they bring back so many of the original characters that like having him back as well. I don't know. I looking back on it, I wish he would have done this. Yeah, personally. I, yeah, I, I think so too. Because like, look at it this way: he was gonna sign on for two movies, and when you have like a star like Will Smith, people are gonna go see. You have the nostalgia factor for all of us in the '90s. You know what I'm saying? And like, um, he has worldwide box office appeal. So like, when people around the world see Will Smith, they're gonna flock to this movie. We're gonna get into it, but like, the script was very different with before, him in there before he dropped out. Okay. So they had to scrap to to rewrite it. So we'll get into that, but like. I think the movie would have been much better, and I think we would have seen Independence Day three already if he if he stuck around. I'm just I know we're we're, we're looking back now. I mean, we've seen what's happened with Suicide Squad and all that. I'm just saying, like now looking at it, it's like kind of wish he would have gone back. And I know it. You know, he has his feelings about it. It's just more. I think it would have done better. The story no, I, would have been better. I agree with what you're saying. What I'm saying is when he says that was his decision, and this is why at the time. I agree with that decision. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, the decision. Yeah, now we can sit back and we can always. Oh, this was a wrong idea. We should have done that. What I'm saying is, his mindset when Marvel's going big, you got the Batman's franchise of Dark Knight. He was like, I want to move forward. I don't want to. And I I agree with that. Is what I'm saying. Okay, so I agree with that mentality of what he's doing. Yeah. But I have to say, it's just like, so your choice is to move away from a potential franchise to join what is most definitely going to be an ongoing franchise where you more than likely will have to play the same character multiple times in the future. So like, I think that's the only kind of contradiction you have there is that like you're playing a character in a universe in which you're going to have to play that character multiple times. And and I think the worst part about it is he didn't even come back for the second Suicide Squad movie. Right. So it's just, so it's just kind of like, like I I understand his feelings, but I feel like um, going to go into a larger franchise kind of contradicts that, you know? Yeah, because if that was his idea, like looking at Marvel and seeing like the opportunities with DC and all that kind of stuff, it's like, okay, like I can see being in this and like jumping on this bandwagon, so to speak, um, because of the success. But I don't know, I just, I guess I am playing that, like looking back on it. Yeah. Like what would you have liked to see, I guess is more what I'm saying. Like I wish he would have done this movie. That's I, all I'm trying to say. I mean, can you also argue, because he's already part of like two other franchises. He was, he did Men, Men in Black, Black. Bad Boys. Bad Boys, so if he was to wrap himself up in this potential franchise, all of a sudden he becomes the franchise guy. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I don't know if that's the direction he wanted to go to. And I, I kind of feel like, yeah, you try something new. I mean, this was his, well, t- technically did, he already did a superhero film. I just, I just thought about that. Oh, Hancock? Hancock, yeah. Oh, so, awesome. <laughs> so. But like, that's the thing though. Like you say like, oh, I don't want to be the franchise guy, but you're jumping into DC. Like you're, True. you're jumping into DC. So like, I, I can't, I don't know if I agree with that argument, but I mean, hey, you know, he has, he's his own man, yeah. of course, like, what are, what are we going to tell Will Smith? I mean, at the end of the day, they weren't going to pay him, so I think the, that's the end of it. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, at the end of the day, studio didn't want to pay, he was willing, yeah. no pun intended, and the studio, <laughs> and the studio decided we're not going to pay you, so that also factors in. I, um, I think if he got paid, he'll do any horrible movie, which is kind of proven to be a fact after after Earth after Gemini Gemini Man Man. pay me and I'll make horrible films yeah (laughs) but let's uh, let's move on All right. so um, regarding Will Smith's decision to to leave the project uh, the director says that Will didn't want to shoot four sci-fi movies back to back either or another sequel like we just discussed because um, at the time production was in effect 
he had already finished After Earth and Men in Black 3, and then he'd be doing another Alien movie. So it probably got repetitive for him. Um, and then, uh, like we just said before, once Will backed out, they had to immediately rework the whole script and kill his character off screen in order to explain his absence. And um, when uh, the director spoke to Will about it and told him how they were gonna kind of deal with his character, he wasn't very happy about it when they told him. But I'm just kind of like, well, I mean. You're off. You, you had a chance. Like, take 40 mil instead of 50 mil. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But anyway, uh, he's Will Smith. What am I going to tell him? Uh, but let's go back to development. In 2013, with Will Smith out, uh, the story would focus on the next generation of heroes, including Stephen Hiller's stepson, Dylan, with wormholes uh, being featured as a major plot device, uh, which is funny because Interstellar came out in 2014 yeah. and had the same thing going on. Uh, and also in 2014, uh, Devlin and Emmerich's first sequel script was written by uh, Carter Blanchard. Um, I looked at his IMDb, and I didn't see anything really noteworthy, but he was a uh, PA on uh, eight episodes of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of the writers. And uh, I believe this rewrite, his rewrite, uh, was the one that they forwarded to the studio to get it approved, um, but he wasn't credited um, on this movie for whatever reason. Uh, prior to this, uh, the script had been written by James Vanderbilt, who wrote Basic, Zodiac, and The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and uh, he wrote the upcoming Scream movie. I guess it's like a reboot or a sequel that's coming out soon. Yeah. Um, and he also produced Ready or Not, which is a movie that I quite enjoyed. So it's about uh, the chick that gets married and the family tries to kill her and she has to survive the night in order to get into the family. Oh, I did watch the movie. It's not bad. It's, it's not a, bad. It's pretty it's not good. Bad. Yeah, it's I, not I enjoyed bad. it, yeah. I didn't watch it. I would we, not watch it in the theaters. Just watch it at home. You know, but, yeah. I, th I think that's a movie I'd like to review one day. But like, right, it cool. was actually pretty good. Um, and he's also worked on the Netflix series Altered Carbon. So, yeah, James Vanderbilt, he's got some good, good shit under his belt. Um, other writers attached to this movie are Nicholas Wright and James A. Woods. Uh, between them, they've worked on White House Down and uh, another upcoming Stargate project. Uh, these two writers are also cast members in the movie. Um, so I believe one of them is that glasses lawyer dude that's following Jeff Goldblum around the whole movie. Right. Mm. That's like, oh, I killed an alien. Uh, that guy. Yeah. Hate him. Um, on, a, uh, <laughs> on a June 20... I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate him too, man. Yeah, he's fine. He's fucking yeah. annoying, yeah. All right. Uh, You're really on, leaving right now? You're really going to go? He's <laughs> like, like, you talk too much. <laughs> On a June 22nd, 2015 live stream uh, event, 20th Century Fox revealed the official title of this movie being Independence Day Resurgence, along with plot details regarding the 20-year uh, time gap between this film and the original. Uh, Wikipedia says that other titles considered for the movie were uh, Independence Day Returns, Independence Day Retaliation, Independence Day Rises, and Independence Day Requiem. Um, although this could be a joke, on the part of an Esquire writer who just joked about sequel titles ending with a word that starts in R. R yeah. yeah, so that could have been a thing too. Uh, and according to IMDb, Roland Emmerich says uh, regarding the new title that, uh, quote, it's a post-world generation that's unified and that's amazing to see a world come together against a common enemy. That is a resurgence. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Who the fuck is writing this shit yeah. for these guys to say? So what do you think about the title? Independence Day Recycle. That's what I felt like it should have been called. <laughs> Recycle. Perfect. I love it. I'm actually going to put that in the description <laughs> for the episode. Independence Day 2. Recycle. Recycle. All right. Um, so what was also recycled was the cast, uh, aside from Will Smith. 
so we got uh, Jeff Goldblum returning as uh, Dr. David Levinson. Uh, within the same week of the news breaking that Will Smith would not be returning, uh, Jeff Goldblum and Bill Pullman were announced as joining the cast. According to IMDb, while they were shooting, Jeff Goldblum would like to have uh, jam sessions where he'd get the whole cast together to harmonize music or read lines from a play in between scenes during downtime. Oh, my God. Sounds like my fucking nightmare. Well, I mean, you, really? got, a, you got a bad script. You got to read a better script. You got to harmonize? Uh, but the, the whole acting thing, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, just doing a play on your No, downtime. but you see, the, Kerwin, you haven't watched Friends, but he, he's in a um, episode of Friends with Joey, and I think oh. it's very, he's all about, you know, like, the, the act, it's pretty cool, yeah. They were singing That's, and stuff? Is that what you're saying? No, they were singing, but also rehearsing, like, a script, right? Yeah, like, another, he would just bring in, like, a random play, and they yeah. just do parts and just fucking... Cool. And sing? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like my nightmare. Jason doesn't like musicals or yeah. singing or anything like that. <laughs> I really hate when it's like someone like busts out an acoustic guitar and it's just kind of like you and them or you like them and a couple people and it's just like they start singing and playing it. Oh my God. Cringeworthy. Yeah, that is kind of weird. And then you're yeah. like, they block the door always. They're always like right in front of the door. Yeah, they pull the seat out like right in front of the fucking door and you're just like, I don't know where to look. I don't know what's going on. Why are you doing this? I'm not talking about anyone specific. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Fifth. Um, so uh, next we got Liam Hemsworth as Jake Morrison uh, he was offered to star in this movie uh, in January of 2015 he says in an interview that during production he had dreams of himself and Jeff Goldblum being chased by aliens so that's that's what happens when you're in a tight space and somebody's whipping out the guitar Yeah, you know so then we got Bill Pullman as a former president Whitmore we got uh, Micah Monroe as Patricia Whitmore, President Whitmore's daughter. Uh, she got the role after Mae Whitman, who originally played the daughter in the first film, um, didn't come back. Fun fact, the original actor that played the president's daughter plays Roxy, uh, one of Ramona's evil exes in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. What's the reason why she didn't want to come back? It's not that she didn't want to come back. They didn't bring they her didn't back. Offer it they didn't her. offer they it. They didn't offer her, yeah. her back. So there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's controversy surrounding that um, because people accused the studio of not bringing her back because they felt that uh, the studio didn't consider her uh, conventionally pretty enough. Like she wasn't hot enough to bring yeah. back. Because she was an established actress. Yeah. She did Arrested yeah. Development. She's done a, there's another uh -huh. big series she was part of. So it's not like she didn't have acting chops. Like she was actually. Which ex from Scott Pilgrim? I can't remember. Uh, the girl where they fight. I think they fight at either a nightclub or a bar. So Ramona whips out the hammer and this girl, she has like a whip, like a chain whip or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and okay. then she fights Ramona in that fight. Got it. Okay. I remember yeah. That. Yeah. Love that movie. Uh, then we got Jesse Usher as Dylan Hiller, son uh, and stepson of uh, Vivica A. Fox's character and Will Smith's character from the first film, respectively. Uh, he's also starred in Survivor's Remorse on Stars, as well as uh, playing A-Train. A-Train? On, on The Boys, <laughs> yep. And uh, the youngest Shaft character, J.J. Shaft, in the 2019 version of Shaft, alongside uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Richard Roundtree. So he was in that movie. Um, do they, do they, they didn't offer it to the original character or they didn't, had nothing on that? Because I couldn't find anything either. Yeah, so uh, Ross Bagley, who played Dylan in the first movie, was never approached. Studio oh. studio never approached him. Savages, man. I think, I, I read that he was like, he had some, he didn't really do a lot of acting, but he was an actor. He was also a comedian. But oh, I, okay. I heard he retired in 2015, so I don't know if he was Got it. actively doing acting roles or even comedy at that point. So Got you. 
Well, I mean, if he retired in 2015, like they had, they had time before that to, to approach him. I like, think if they approached him to do a big blockbuster like this, I think he would have yeah. came on board if it was offered to him. Yeah, <laughs> he, he probably retired because he's just like, damn, y'all didn't bring me back, I'm out. And they just probably quit, who knows. But um, on his character, Jesse Usher says, uh, he, Dylan, grew up in a world that his dad saved. So you can only imagine what being the son of the world's savior is kind of like. It's a lot of pressure. He's under that shadow, but it's not a negative thing at all. He took it for what it was and made a good thing out of it. Um, but it was also mentioned regarding this role uh, in a rap article back in 2013 that Michael B. Jordan was eyed for a lead role in this movie. Yeah, Ooh, I did read that, cool. yeah. So uh, I think most likely it would have been this character. Knowing how much the script changed, it could have been rewritten because they couldn't get Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith wouldn't come back. Right. So I think, I think that might have factored in it as well because at this time he'd already done Fruitvale Station. Um, I believe Creed was out or maybe Creed was in production mm -hmm. and then Fantastic Four was in production or was out That's at this right. time. That's a great movie. <laughs> Just kidding. I think that well, we clocked that in about 4% Rotten Tomatoes a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. Fitting. Fitting. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and that's no stretch. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, here's the flames. thing. Here's <laughs> I, got, I got that pun, so yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, um, so we got uh, William Fickner as uh, General Joshua T. Adams and uh, later President uh, Adams. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's always got like bit parts in movies, but he was in Contact, Armageddon, uh, The Dark Knight, and Elysium. Uh, his role was supposed to get bigger as the franchise continued on, but that ain't happening. Then we got Charlotte Gainsbourg as Dr. Catherine Marceau. She was in the Nymphomaniac movies and The Snowman. Uh, in this movie, she's portrayed as a new romantic interest for Jeff Goldblum's character, Dr. Levinson. But we all know that Dr. Levinson got back with his estranged wife at the end of the first movie. So I don't know why uh, Margaret Cullen, who played Constance Spano in the first movie, wasn't in the sequel. But according to some expanded universe material, you know, like they write books and comics and whatnot, uh, her character was killed in a car accident in 2009. So okay. why she's not in the movie. So, yeah, there you she go. She survived an alien invasion but died in a car accident? Well, real, in real life, you're more likely to die in a car accident than an alien attack, so it makes sense. That is true, yeah. Yeah. that is true. Those bumper-to-bumpers are a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it, sorry. Now we got uh, Judd Hirsch as Julius Levinson, uh, David Levinson's dad. We got Brent Spiner as uh, Dr. Brackish Oaken. On returning to the second movie, he says that working with the first film's cast was like, quote, swimming in a rainbow with thousands of naked cherubs, end quote. Yeah, I'm confused. I don't yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what? You can't see our reactions, but we're all just dumbfounded right now. There's a lot of quotes that are just kind of yeah. tripping us out. Anyway, we got a Travis Tope as a Charlie Miller, Jake's co-pilot and best friend. Uh, Celia Ward as a Elizabeth Lanford, a president of the United States. Uh, she was on TV shows like House and CSINY, and uh, she was in a previous role in Emmerich movie called The Day After Tomorrow, as well as The Fugitive and Gone Girl. The Fugitive, that's where I know her from. Yep. I knew that girl from somewhere, I couldn't figure it out. On her character, she says that compared to Bill Pullman's character, her president is very different. Quote, it's a totally different political landscape. She's tougher, more decisive, not afraid to use force, and more aggressive. Sorry, Bill, 
to which Bill, Bill Pullman says, yeah, but can your president fly a jet? Yeah. <laughs> and then that's pretty much where it ended. Um, and about this movie, she also says that uh, Independence Day Resurgence is, quote, a delicious popcorn movie you cannot watch on your laptop or your telephone. I disagree. Yeah. Right. I watched it on an iPad. <laughs> so she's not wrong. I mean, it was an iPad, not a laptop or a telephone. Uh, then we got Patrick St. Spirit as Secretary of Defense, Reese Tanner. Uh, he's been in some stuff like Knight Rider, Walker, Texas Ranger, Desperate Housewives, Narcos, Hunger Games, and he was in Fate of the Furious. Um, we've also got uh, Angela Baby as a uh, Rain Lau, Chinese Lieutenant in the uh, Earth Space Defense Force. Uh, she's a model, actress, and singer, uh, hence the name, uh, based in Hong Kong and China. On fun fact, she's in the Cantonese dubbed version of G-Force, about the hamsters. About the hamsters, yeah. <laughs> I was like, are we talking about the same G-Force right now? Yeah, man. Then we got uh, Vivica A. Fox. She's uh, a doctor now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> as a Dr. Jasmine Debro hiller and she's Dylan's mom. Vivica A. Fox's involvement with the film was announced by Roland Emmerich on Twitter uh, back in 2015. On not being able to work with Will again, she jokingly says, quote, who's not going to miss Will Smith with his gorgeous self? I was ready to slobber him up and down one more time just for old time's sake and maybe win another MTV award for best kiss to let him know that we're still making out. End wow. quote. Wow. It was a joke. Yeah. yeah. Just saying wow. Yeah. Uh, on her character, and we all know what happens to her character. And get this, she says, quote, 20 years later, she's moved on and she's working in the hospital. She's a hospital administrator. She's doing good things in the hospital, saving lives and raising a very responsible young man. They've definitely written her very strong and with great moments. And more importantly, to be able to be the backbone behind her son. How do you feel about that? No, it's in my trash. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll no, that is not a great description of her portrayal in this movie. It's misleading. Uh, yeah, she has a moment, maybe. <laughs> this is what happens. When you promote a movie, you got to give those political answers, I guess. I guess, because yeah. it falls flat, you know. <laughs> you were really building up to that joke? You set him up, and I'll knock it down, there. Hey, there you go. <laughs> all right, now we got a, a Diopia. All right, so we got a Diopia Opare. I hope I'm saying your name right, man. As a Dikembe Mbutu, the African warlord. Uh, he's been in a lot of things. Treasure. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, I actually liked his character, uh, but he's been in a ton of things. So he's been in Alien 3, Moulin Rouge, uh, The Foreigner, Doom, Green Street Hooligans 2, Pirates of the Caribbean 4, Dread, Game of Thrones, and Wrath of Man. Who was he in Wrath of Man? Did you look it up? I think I, I found the name, but I couldn't find who he played because oh. just IMDb didn't have the imagery. But I believe he's one of the ex-military guys that robs the uh, the armored cards. Oh. Remember the big the big black dude? Yeah. With the beard? I think that's him. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that's he, awesome. Yeah, that's crazy that we just watched that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we got uh, Nicholas Wright as Floyd Rosenberg, the annoying-ass dude with the glasses that follows Jeff Goldblum around, and later the warlord. Uh, he's one of the writers in the movie, like we stated before. We got uh, Chin Hong as uh, Jiang Lao, commander of the Earth Space Defense Moon Base, and uh, Rain Lao's uncle. You know, we've seen him in The Dark Knight, Ghost in the Shell, and the new Mortal Kombat. He was also in Winter Soldier, so we got him. Um, we have uh, Robert Loja uh, as General William God. Gray. Oh man. Say something. Dude, they brought that Robert Loja and he looked old as shit. Like like oh my god. It, like I didn't realize he was still alive. 
Didn't he pass away the year this came out? He yeah. passed away a year before it came out. Year before it came out. I'm so sorry. Year before it came out. Okay. Yeah. So you only see him once at the uh, DC celebration, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you only see him once. He's in the wheelchair, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we got, uh, finally, we got uh, John Story as Dr. Isaacs, uh, Dr. Oaken's partner. Uh, he's been in Stargate, Universal Soldier. And I did not realize this, but he was in the original Independence Day. I had no idea until I looked at the casting. Okay. So... Robert Loja, when I was looking up on IMDb, I saw he was in this movie, but honestly, I didn't know where he was at. Same with this guy. I was like, he looks so familiar, but when I went on Wikipedia and a couple other sites, I could not find who he was. I kept looking up like other scientists in you know ID4 or something, and he doesn't pop up anywhere. It's so weird. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny that you say other scientists because I was like, what is his name? Yeah. What what the fuck are these characters' names? Like I, I don't know who they are, so I tried other scientists, second scientists. I didn't know what to put in there to find him, but I couldn't. But I just know he was listed under cast and I was like, Okay, so he was in the first one, but I don't know who the hell he is. Maybe yeah, it was I, like a background non speaking role. I think that's the only thing I can attribute him his role, but yeah. You know what this means. You have to go back and watch the first one now. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm, down, I'm down for the first one. I don't know about this one, though. Uh, so moving on to production, uh, this movie went through principal photography between April 20th, 2015 and August 22nd, 2015, with uh, reshoots happening in early 2016 in Los Angeles. They filmed in a bunch of different locations, including Nevada, Singapore, uh, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, London, and New Mexico, where most of the film was actually shot. Uh, they shot in New Mexico because in that state, uh, they offer a 25% tax credit credit for movies and a 30% tax credit for TV shoots. And because of this, the city of Albuquerque, New Mexico is the top U.S. location for desert settings in film and TV, with California being the second. Uh, this movie did go back to the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah, like we've seen in the first movie, uh, but Emmerich was disappointed with the location this time. Uh, according to a Salt Lake Tribune article, he says, quote, we were a little disappointed because it all looked very beige. Apparently a windstorm had happened right before they were supposed to start shooting, and it blew a bunch of dirt onto the salt, altering the color of the landscape. Uh, in addition, geologists from the University of Utah have actually been studying the salt flats, and it seems like the salt has been decreasing in overall area and thickness over the last 30 years, and uh, it could alter the area permanently in the future. So you might not see that later on. I thought it looked okay. I mean... I didn't even notice. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought it was like, wow, well, it's pretty cool. They went back to the same spot. That yeah. they, I mean, it looked like that, you know. Guess the salt didn't want to be there if Will wasn't there either. I guess so. Man. Yeah, kind of salty about that. <laughs> there it is. Well, this movie did fall flat, so. There it is. Yeah. Uh, so the scene in which uh, China is kind of salt. S- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I want to get on the fun too. <laughs> um, so the scene in which uh, China is kind of swept up by the ship and uh, various South Asian and East Asian landmarks fall on London uh, was originally supposed to feature those monuments falling onto Paris, France. Uh, but because of the 2015 Paris attacks, the terrorist attacks, uh, they changed the location to London, which is right. why you see them all fall there. Um, also, the filmmakers tried their best to be sensitive towards various religious groups and populations. In a Mumbai Mirror article, it says that they were asked to not shoot in India or portray any important monuments being damaged. Uh, the studio, I believe, tried to get a poster of the Taj Mahal being attacked you know, for the movie, for promotion. But I guess that was also shot down, so they never made that poster either. So, um, all right, so let's get into visual effects. Uh, so for the VFX, um, 
The movie saw the return of uh, VFX supervisor Volker Engel, who worked on the first movie. Uh, other films he's worked on are White House Down, 2012, uh, 1998's Godzilla, and Universal Soldier. Uh, he's been working with Roland Emmerich on his movies for uh, almost three decades around this time. Uh, in an FX Guide article, Engel states that he worked with a VFX company in Santa Monica called Trixer, along with multiple artists around the world to develop key imagery that would be passed along with the script in order to get this movie greenlit. Uh, at one point, there was an effort, you know, to do at least one shot with a miniature, because, you know, last movie, we did a lot of sets and miniatures and stuff, uh, you know, kind of mimicking the first movie, uh, which I believe... So they were gonna they were gonna imitate the first shot, which I believe is the ship creeping towards Earth. Right. Yeah, they were gonna try to do that again in this movie, uh, but that scene got cut from the script, so they didn't make any miniatures. Um, Engel says that it probably wouldn't have made sense to use that kind of effect anymore because they could just make it digitally for less than half the budget. Yeah. So therefore, this movie has zero miniatures in it in its entirety. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> I was curious watching if it did. Yeah, I thought uh, those those actors were miniatures yeah, at one yeah. point. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. As you can tell, you know, no miniatures this time, but there are a lot of visual effects shots in this movie. I'm not getting into, I'm not going to get in depth with all the shots and the effects that are in this movie because there's a ton of sequences. And I found a couple articles that just went on for pages and pages and pages. And I'm just like, nothing, we'll get into this in Trash or Treasure, but I, don't, I didn't feel like anything was memorable enough or impressive enough to make me say, God damn, we got to talk about that sequence. Or real enough? True. <laughs> yeah. This is very true. Yeah. But the one thing that I did find was most interesting. Uh, was uh, something that's called an N-cam, which was used on about 90% of the visual effects shots in this movie. They use this N-cam system to show animations on set. So for example, Volker Engel says that because of this technology, if they were gonna do a shot of the Area 51 hangar with an actor in the frame, and you know ships were taken off in the background, they can literally film and shoot this live actor with this N-cam monitor, and they can see the actual animations of everything that's gonna be added in post while they're filming, even if they're panning the camera. So like, let's say I have a camera on you guys and I wanna put an alien in the background. I could move, do everything. You could already see it there. The alien's there. That, that is wow. pretty cool. While I'm directing, wow. which is amazing. So like you can, you can compose your shots and everything like that with the animations happening in the background. And um, this technology was so convenient, if the director came up with a new idea, he could just tell the team what he wanted to see, and they could have a newly animated sequence ready for him to view and shoot within 15 minutes. Wow. And this was a huge help, because um, the cast could actually see what they'd be interacting with between takes. So they wouldn't just see like uh, an X on a wall. They'd say, okay, oh, the aliens are doing this, da 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 Okay, now I know how to act and where to point. And have other movies copied this? I haven't, this is the first I've ever heard of that. First I've ever heard of it, but I, I wouldn't doubt that people have started using this after the fact. Right. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm not gonna go in depth with the CGI, but I mean, I gotta admit, like for the amount of stuff they did, like it is a ton of work and it is impressive, even though, you know, regardless of how I feel about the movie, um, you know, everything was pretty much done on blue screens, partially built sets, or like some sequences were fully digital rendered creations. So I do wanna give props, you know, to all the, v the VFX people because they don't get a lot of credit, you know what I'm saying? And uh, because of those people, you know, we're able to see movies that we couldn't even imagine getting 20, 30, or 40 years ago. So I will name um, 
the VFX studios and the number of shots they worked on. So Uncharted Territory did 268 shots. Scanline did uh, 248 shots. Uh, Weta Digital did 230. MPC Vancouver did 212 shots. Image Engine did 165 shots. Cinesite did uh, 141 shots. In-house did 140. Trickster did 122. Digital Domain did 95, Lux did 66, Crazy Horse Effects did 33, and a bunch of other smaller houses and vendors did a ton of shots on this movie as well. And with that said, uh, Independence Day Resurgence has a total of uh, 1,750 special effects and visual effects shots in the movie. By comparison, the first Independence Day only has about 430. God. I, as a director, is he in charge of that, or who? Or he's got to have someone like organizing that. Whole, I mean, that just sounds like the most biggest jigsaw puzzle ever put together. You know what I mean? I would like, think that's like a logistical nightmare. How? Why? Is is that? Like why couldn't one company do it? They just don't have the manpower to do that many shots. Well, you have to think about um, you know turnaround time. Some yeah. house, some houses are better at certain things than others. Right. So like one house might specifically focus on elemental stuff. One might be robots, one might be buildings, landscapes. So you send them out so that way you can composite everything. Or wow. this company, um, for the price, can turn it around quicker than this company. You know what I'm saying? But this is uncommon, right? Like it's not common for. Oh, no, it's movie. very, it's very no, it's common. common to go to multiple, but that was a lot, dude. That was so that, many. And that's what I'm saying, like this many. Oh, that's, this? That, yeah, oh no, that's, that's common. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because like when you oh, watch, wow. when you watch like Marvel movies and Star Wars, it'll say like industrial light and magic. And then if you really pay attention to there's the, just way more. Yeah, there's a ton of different houses. Got it. Okay. That. Yeah. But, um, you know, so we said 1750 shots, you know, 1750 for this movie. Uh, so by comparison, uh, Infinity War has a. Uh, Jesus has 2,680 shots. It's got more than Infinity War. It has less than uh, Infinity War. I thought it said 4,000. No, no, no. Uh, Independence Day Resurgence has a 1,750. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sure and then uh, Infinity War has 2,680. Aquaman has 2,300. Uh, Fate of the Furious has 2,600. So more than Aquaman. Jesus. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Mad Max Fury Road has more than this at uh, 2,000. So Jeez, Mad wow. Max has more than Independence Day Resurgence. I, so, I believe that. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, you know, that's it for the VFX. But uh, moving on to the music. Uh, so the music in this movie was composed by uh, Thomas Wander and Harold Closer. They did uh, Day After Tomorrow, Alien vs. Predator, and uh, White House Down. David Arnold, who composed the score for the first movie, was not asked to come back for this movie. And according to IMDb, since the studio owns all the themes for the first movie, the new composers could just take his music and use it. So I sense some of that throughout it, too. Yeah. Wasn't a fan of the score though overall. Like, no, but I could I could hear some like okay, this reminds me of the first one a little bit. So. Yeah. But there wasn't a lot though because I was looking for that too. Oh, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it very was minimal. Yeah. Moving on to reception, uh, when Independence Day two dropped, it bombed pretty badly. It wasn't even one of the top grossing films of the year, uh, you know, or the month it was released. Like you mentioned, Mugga, because of Finding Dory. According to a 2016 Forbes article, the absence of Will Smith was one of the main reasons for its failure. Uh, but they also point out that the movie didn't attempt to cast a well-known actor in his place. Liam Hemsworth just doesn't have the pull of, say, like a Chris Pratt or The Rock. So nobody went, because like, you take Will Smith out, you gotta put somebody in there to bring audiences in, you know what I'm saying? And uh, they also pointed out that this movie really sidelined or killed off its female characters. And uh, they finally point out that um, all this stuff that we're seeing in this movie was special back in 1996 
but it's just not as special in 2016, you know? Other studios and directors have been like ripping off Independence Day every summer for the last 20 years, so much so that the sequel to the original Independence Day looks like a copy of all right. those movies. So, and I, and I think you mentioned that earlier too, Muggs. Um, other critics also mentioned that this movie is a victim of franchise baiting, where they're so sure that they'll get a sequel that they only really tell a partial story with underdeveloped characters, set up a bunch of stuff for another film, and they end abruptly on a cliffhanger with the hope that people will be back. In a 2016 Vox article, they accused 20th Century Fox of, uh, quote, desperately hoping to start their own Star Wars franchise to replace the one that Disney bought. Wow. Yeah, because you know they lost Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, so um, overseas, particularly in China, there were complaints because the Chinese audience didn't get to see much of Angel Baby in the movie. So she's like a huge celeb over there. And uh, this movie was nominated for several Golden Raspberry Awards, including Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst Supporting Actress for the uh, President, uh, and Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. Uh, this was also the year that Batman v Superman and Zoolander 2 were released, so it didn't win anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I've never seen Zoolander 2. Is it bad? I've never watched it. I never watched it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I never watched this either, but I'm just saying. <laughs> one might have to now. Yeah, you got to do a comedy. So, um, so uh, there was one thing that was pretty divisive among reviewers, and that was the uh, LGBTQ representation in the film. I, I read this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there was some... Uh, you know, different opinions about Dr. Isaac's relationship with Dr. Oaken. Uh, prior to this movie's release, Roland Emmerich, you know, who's openly gay himself, talked up the fact that the sequel would feature a same-sex relationship on screen. In a 2015 uh, Hollywood Reporter interview, he said that, quote, we have a gay couple in the film. We don't make a big deal out of it. You start small and then you get bigger and bigger and bigger. And one day you have a gay character as the lead and nobody will wonder at it anymore. But we're not there yet. End quote. Uh, so I'm gonna go through one side of the argument and another side of the argument, and then maybe we can you know, chat about that. But uh, one Guardian writer's criticism is that you would never know the two were in a relationship until the very end when Dr. Isaacs is shot and killed. There's no shown intimacy or an explicit statement of their relationship. The writer of the article, Benjamin Lee, asks whether the, uh, quote, overly sanitized nature of their relationship was because of studio interference, trying to appeal to Chinese censors, or if they were playing it too safe. One scene in particular he calls out is when Dr. Oaken awakes from his coma to his partner, and there's literally not a hint of romance in that scene to suggest that the two are significant others finally been reunited after 20 years, something you'd most definitely see if it were a man and a woman. Lee begs the question, is a same-sex kiss or a clear statement of love too much to ask for? He makes the case that failing to provide mainstream imagery of an underrepresented demographic further paints the LGBTQ community as other and concludes by writing that, quote, if we can believe in an alien queen rampaging across Nevada, then surely we can believe a gay man sharing a small but meaningful kiss with his partner can exist. Uh, on the contrary, uh, Alyssa Rosenberg of the Washington Post, who disliked the film overall, actually pointed out that the fact that we can so casually include a gay couple saving the world alongside the rest of the cast in an action-heavy mainstream blockbuster is a good thing. She says, quote, in a similar way, the tenderest moment in Independence Day Resurgence comes courtesy of not any of the blandly heterosexual couples in the film, but between two middle-aged gay men. Watching Dr. Oaken mourn his partner is the most human moment in a movie where even the actual actors come across as poorly rendered special effects. 
Conversely, in a uh, Gay the Straight Way article, writer Charlie Purcell criticizes the fact that there is no moment of intimacy, same as the first writer, particularly when Oaken awakes, and in fact calls out that the relationship is portrayed in such a way that it could be, quote, completely degayed for foreign audiences without changing a single frame in the film, end quote. He also brings up the fact that once again, a gay couple gets separated by death, and that, you know, that it's weirdly common for filmmakers even openly gay filmmakers, to kill off their non-straight characters. He goes on to say that, quote, the only explanation is that the filmmakers wanted to include a gay couple, but they half-assed it so completely that a good chunk of the movie-going audience could simply overlook their relationship completely. And like the movie itself, it's best for everybody to just pretend that this sort of couple doesn't exist, end quote. So, two arguments. Some people don't like the fact that they're kind of just... Um, I guess, subtly there. And some people are like, hey, that's cool. They're there. We're not making a big deal of it. Let's move on. We're here to kill aliens. Like, do you guys have any kind of opinions on either of those? Well, I want to ask you. You saw it twice like I did. Mm -hmm. The first time, I had no idea that they were gay. No. I didn't. I, I saw, I agree that they did not deliver their promise. Like, hey, we have it. The second time, I'm doing research now, and I'm also watching it. I'm like, oh, he's, you know, I mean, they, they give off some signs. Yeah. But... I don't think they really delivered it like they promised. And that's my opinion. I don't well, know how well, you guys I'll, feel. I'll, I'll go over in my, in my Trash and Treasure just all the, the love arcs that are, yeah. they try to have in this film. Yeah. I, mean, it's, uh, I mean, but to me, it's, it was there, but it wasn't there. You know, so it, it's exactly and, it was there, but it wasn't there. Like yeah. that's my thing. I think they half-assed it. Like I think you were kind of saying that's, yeah. that's where I look at it. I mean. I mean, you watched it, what, just one time, right? Yeah, just the once. Did you at all see that they were gay or just, like, good? I mean, I mean, I mean, the first time I watched it, I, I didn't even catch it. Now, mind you, I might have been on my phone or something, you know what I mean? Like, because tell me you guys were on your phone. You're like, oh, shit, I got to watch this movie, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it did not engage me that well. But I did not at all find that there was a gay couple in there. Then I did research, and I oh, oh, that's what they're talking about. But I don't think they did a good job at it. You know, I think they could have done more you know i'm taking my notes and i'm doing partial research while i'm watching the movie and it's like oh roland emmerich says there's a gay couple or there's a gay character in this movie so i'm like watching the movie and i'm like well where's the gay character yeah. like wh yeah. which one of them a, is yeah. gay and then like it didn't occur to me till maybe like two-thirds through the movie that i was like oh it might be the doctor because they yeah. say baby or honey like they throw out the yeah. like the mm -hmm. words of endearment or whatever and i'm like oh they're the couple and i was like i i had no idea yeah. i was just like i was like okay so they're the couple cool and then we get you know the death scene and all that other stuff but i felt like um you know i there's two things i'll say i feel like they were shying away from it they, this is exactly it, it felt like about, they were yeah. shying away from it too much and the bit about the, the international audience and censorship makes perfect sense. Because, like, there's a lot of censorship that goes on. And, like, yo, if you're trying to release a, you know, billion-dollar box office movie worldwide, not a lot of countries are accepting of that. So you have to tailor the movie to those audiences, right? And, you know, the censors. But then why say at the beginning, here's what we got coming up, you know? Like and, and that's a thing. And then... The other thing I could see that I agree with the other writer is that like, hey, you know, there's a gay character here. There's a couple. We're not making a big deal of it. They're they're fighting aliens just like everybody else. So I can see I can see that being a positive. But I also see the huge negative as far as like like you, you kind of made a promise and it just you didn't deliver. and it, it didn't feel genuine the yeah. way it was it was given off. It just kind of felt like. 
hey, they're gay, but we're gonna do as much, we're gonna make it so subtle that when we need to edit it for other audiences, you can never tell. Yeah. That's how it felt. It just kind of felt disingenuous. And I'm not, I'm not calling out the director or whatever. Like, I know he's gay. Like, he probably has his own way of going about things. And we don't know the pressure that he had from other, like, the studio, studio, you know? International. We don't know, you know? Maybe he had every intention. They were like, no, you're not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't know what went on behind the scenes, but, like, I I do see both sides of of the... No, I agree with that. We also don't know what was maybe shot and then ended up on the cutting room floor. I mean... And and maybe they tried to and the scene just didn't work then. They were like, we gotta take this out, you know? It's a fast movie in a sense like they it goes really fast maybe they're just like we just can't I'll, I'll, in there, I'll go over that but yeah it's one of those things <laughs> like yeah was it furious <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what though I felt like I felt like their relationship was the only one that I was like oh they're together I don't care about these other motherfuckers like the the Thor's like brother Levinson and, his, and the yeah, French that, lady yeah. and Liam Hemsworth and the president's daughter I'm like y'all feel so fake these guys, you know, care about each other. They care about each other, and they've been with each other yeah. the whole fucking movie. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Who knows what happened? Yeah, but, yeah. I'm gonna go to sequel. Any more thoughts? I'm gonna I'm go good, to sequel. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This is a good talk. Sequel. Huh? All right. I, just, I have one thought. Um, Muggy made a comment uh, about being on your phone while you're watching the movie for this podcast. You know, I don't do that kind of stuff. When I'm watching the movie for this podcast, phone is down. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> you're a goddamn liar. I'll be honest. No, I'm not. Phone's down all the time. I never look at anything. Yeah, Jason Jason takes it seriously. Oh, yeah, dude. This is a business, fool. (laughs) He doesn't blink. Yeah, I am blank, fool. You only watched it once. I watched it twice. (laughs) Suck it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so the sequel. Let's talk about the sequel to this movie, possibly. Um, So Roland Emmerich had hoped that a third film would still be made, and in 2016 said that Independence Day 3 would be an intergalactic journey that takes place a year or two after the second movie with the same group of people saying, quote, will I direct it? Oh yeah, I'd never ever let somebody else direct it, end quote. However, in a 2019 interview while promoting his film Midway, the director was pretty candid about Independence Day resurgence. Quote, I just wanted to make a movie exactly like the first one. Then in the middle of production, Will Smith opted out because he wanted to do Suicide Squad. I should have stopped making the movie because we had a much better script. Then I had to be really fast, cobble another script together. I should have just said no because all of a sudden I criticized myself. A sequel. So the Will Smith thing had a huge impact. I can see that. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dean Devlin has also expressed that he has no plans to make a third movie in the series. And uh, now that Disney owns Fox, the possibility of Independence Day 3 seems highly unlikely. But in 2020, when speaking to Cinema Blend regarding the Disney Fox merger, Emmerich said, I don't know. I really haven't even gotten to it. I had naturally talked with Fox about it. And when they got bought out, I kind of said, well, that's probably over. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's kind of like it could happen. It could not happen. Hollywood is like a strange, strange place these days because I have a feeling Disney would be interested in doing it. They like that kind of franchise movie. I don't see Disney making a third one. No. Do you? No. No. I mean, they completely end on a cliffhanger, mm. but I just don't see Disney. I think they're like, no, we're good. If this yeah. one was better, maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Oh. If Will Smith, if Will was Smith in is in it, then there's a very good possibility. Oh, dude. But. If Will Smith was in it, this movie, the third movie would have got made before Disney bought yeah. Fox. Oh, yeah. Over it. Over with. Yeah. 
that's it for uh, the movie. I got like three fun facts and that's it. Um, I guess production on this movie had to stop for four days because uh, they ran out of money. Um, <laughs> no. That's what Liam Hemsworth says on IMDb. So oh, who knows? Shit. Who knows? Um, and then uh, this movie is only two hours long, but the original film is uh, 145 minutes long, which is odd because this movie feels so much longer. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, in the promotional material, I believe it's either a commercial or a poster. Instead of uh, the aliens attacking landmarks in the Japanese version of the promotional material, they have a Gundam shooting at the aliens so that's pretty cool mm. yeah a little mobile suit action <laughs> and then um, speaking of anime um, the Japanese dub of this movie was done by the voice cast of Neon Genesis Evangelion so they got that cast to do the dub for this which is odd because that show also has to deal with like aliens and like giant robots and some other mm. bullshit so that's all I got for fun facts um, one other thing I remember when this movie was and they would come out with trailers. I think if you went to the website, they actually had like a newsreel type uh, showing what happened to Will Smith's character where he says, oh, you know, Captain Stephen Hiller was, was killed in a, you know, experimental shuttle yeah, launch. Yeah. And so they had it, like it's a promotion on their website. So oh, I wow. thought that was kind of cool to kind of fill the gap so that you knew why he wasn't going to be in the film. Yeah. Oh, you mean why we shouldn't watch it? <laughs> I mean, that's also the thing as well. But it was, yeah, it was kind of newsreel. Kind of cool, so that you know you you have a story before you go to the movie. That would have been cool to see, like before the movie started or something. Like, give us some. I mean, I know they talk about it briefly, but yeah, they say like a sentence to kind of cover. They could it, have, yeah, actually they, they should have put it in the film. Yeah, I think I it, it, it was it was a short enough clip online that I could cut out so many other places where they could add that. Yeah. Again. yeah. yeah. So that is it for behind the scenes. Let's move on to trash and treasure. Mugga, why don't you kick it off and uh, tell us? So. I've traveled with you to DC and Jason. You you know how DC is, right? There is a limit to how tall buildings can go. Uh, I looked it up: 130 feet in commercial areas, 90 feet in residential, and up to 160 feet on parts of Pennsylvania Avenue. Okay, meaning you can't have big buildings. So one of the effects that they have with the alien technology, they have redone DC and there's skyscrapers. And I'm just like, I think that's bullshit, it's trash. Because the reason why you, they want you to be able to see the Washington Monument, if you're out, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not, they don't want it to look like New York where it's a jungle concrete. DC you know? looked awful too. It did, it did, it did. And there's skyscrapers, but I'm like, that's fucking bullshit, no, trash. It's, it's, also, it's it, literally like, like in the cities, like, yeah, I don't know. It's but also, this, is, this is an alternate future. Yeah, I, it's trash. Dude, yeah, they, it's trash. they put like, 1200 screens like yeah, it's like I didn't like that either yeah. might as well just put an ad on the yeah. White House like it, it looked awful uh, I'll get into the White House wasn't that blown up and it's, it's made the exact same way yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever 7300 day coma and he wakes up that's what happened we're not going to discuss this I mean, 7300 day coma well what do you want to discuss it's bullshit well <laughs> like, the bullshit part is that he like hopped out of bed like like a crazy person yeah. kind of walking around. Yeah. Like, there's no way your muscle atrophy and, and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Vivica A. Fox is now a doctor. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying... Wait, wait, Muggs. Was a doctor. <laughs> was a doctor. I'm not saying that, like, someone, if an exotic dancer, but she owned it in the first one, which I really loved. It yeah. was like, hey, like, like the first lady's like, oh, I'm sorry. She doesn't, don't be, makes good money. You know? Like, but now it's just like, you're, the, I, I don't know. It's like, 
I kind of wish I would have seen maybe like a business owner or something else. I, I don't know. I just, I did. You look at it, you're like, bullshit. I mean, trash. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. That's, and they don't even do anything with it. No. They, they really don't. No. They just use it so you have like compassion for her when she's saving someone else and then she dies. That's and, the way and I And it's look a cameo. It. But they could have done it with just her son and she dying with her son trying to save her on some other, but I, I don't, it is what it is. Um, they try to make a lot of these people in the movie heroic by these one-liners, and I didn't really like that at all. I, I mean, when you talk about, like, Bill Pullman, like, you've already saved the world once. I'm not saving the world. I'm saving you. I'm just, like, I laughed. I mean, did you guys laugh? I mean, then <laughs> see, like, right now, and then, like, like this was supposed to be a sweater. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I just, like, other things. I, and there was a million of them. I just, I just put a lot of cheesy one-liners. Here's where I really got pissed off. They're drilling in the court, right? Yeah. That was not in the first film, or am I wrong? No. They didn't show it in the first film, yeah. It was not even announced, though, in the first film. No. It, it, so that's why I, I love Jurassic Park. The Lost World kind of pisses me off, because it's like, oh, these animals are to die. Oh, no, there was Site B. Well, you never talked about Site B. Now, I never read the book, but I'm wondering how that... It's like, oh, you want to make a sequel because it was successful, so you just make shit up. But The Lost World was an actual book, too, before the movie No, was I know made. it was, but is it off the success of Jurassic Park? I think where like they just like, hey, we had a big sequel. Let's make something up that we didn't tell the audience and just go from there. I didn't. I well, don't know. Well, well, I, what, well what, they what? alluded to it in, in, in the beginning. So when they go to to was it Africa and he says, oh, what is this hole? Like, oh, yeah. they, they, they drilled. So they did allude to I, it. I get yeah. that, but, but they, it wasn't like, mentioned because in the first what one. I saw it was just an invasion, right? They yeah. were just taking shit out, exterminating. You know what I mean? That's what I got out of the first film. Yeah. But it, it is what it is. But I, I didn't like that because like. I, I don't know. I feel like you could have had the sequel still the same in mm -hmm. a sense without having to like just make something up, but it is what it is. Um, I think the guys, am I wrong? They were offered a hundred million dollars just to monitor the drilling out in the ocean because they were doing something else. hundred million. Like I feel like they would have gone for 3 million. I mean, a hundred million dollars <laughs> just, just stay there and watch them. Yeah. I, I didn't like that. Um, I didn't like the queen in general. I thought that was just like, Hey, let's just steroid up the whole alien race. Just go from there. Here's one of my biggest ones, and we kind of touched on this in Back to the Future where we time things. Did you guys not feel that the time clock, when they're like, hey, they're drilling, and it's six minutes till they get to the core, but there's like 40 minutes left of the movie or whatever it is. So I, I literally went back when they said, oh, we have two minutes till they hit the core, and we're done. And I'm like, fuck this. So I, I, I started a timer. They got two minutes till drilling is complete. There is three minutes and 30 seconds of screen time. So yeah. it's like they really went over. Like, it's like, that's bullshit. Like, your two minutes is bullshit. Yeah. I, I didn't like that at all. And I didn't like the ending. It, it literally ended on a cliffhanger of like, like, really, like, come on, man. You know, like, it didn't really wrap things up. It's like, hey, we're going to do something else. I, I don't know. I didn't. And I know there's a lot more other trash that I have. I don't want to steal from you guys. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. One thing before you keep going, yeah. though, is I think you're right. So Jurassic Park came out in 93. Yeah. The Lost World, the book, came out in 95. Mm. So okay. they had to like make from what I'm reading on Wikipedia, uh, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. So the treasure, I, I like the guy. That's the the he's he's from Africa, right? The yeah. guy that's killed yeah. the guys. Well, like, the just, I thought he was badass too. You know, like yeah. and he he knew the secret. You got to get him from the back. You know, yeah. I thought he was cool. The one thing I really liked about the first one is that one they they bring all these characters back, which is a treasure of mine. I, I love. I wish they would have Will Smith, even though you know my feelings. I still think it's it's just not. It's not there if he's not there, yeah. but they are able to capture a bunch of stories at the same time, like going together and like balance it well. The first one did a great job, yeah. but I, I, usually you just focus on one person. This, they were able to do it. I thought they did a good job on this one. 
I think Bill Pullman's speech at the very end, not the very end, uh, in the middle of it, where he's like, we got to fight. You kind of get that speech. It's not nearly as good as the first one, but I kind of liked it, you know, and I'm really reaching for treasures. I'm telling you, but, uh, I think the movie, which is based on my rating, I think I'm, we'll get to that when I get it, but it has improved. The movie looks clean. I think like the special effects, everything is, I think it looks clean. I mean, I don't know. I agree. You know what I mean? Almost like, like Darren brought that up when we did Oblivion, like the movie looks clean, really sharp. I think the special effects and all that were pretty clean. Like the part on the moon, um, even though I don't agree with the DC, but it looked clean. I, it's kind of like it's, the overall aesthetic of yeah, it. Yeah, I think that movie looked clean, but but that's all I have for treasure. I really don't have a lot, you know. So, yeah, that's my trash and treasure. All right, Jason, uh, what's your trash and treasure? Uh, so my trash, um, the, <laughs> the first part, the CGI in DC, fucking awful. I don't know if it was the TV I was watching on. I could just see it so well. I'm it like, looks so fake. It huh? looks fake as yeah, fuck, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I wrote this down, and I don't mean this the way I wrote it down. It's too advanced. Like, this is 2016 when this came out, and it, it feels too far in the future. Like, if they would have made this, like, actual present day, like, I would feel more better about it. It's just, it's too much. The technology is too much for me. Now, I know we have alien technology and stuff like that from what happened. I, I get all that. But our technology defeated the aliens. You know? That, and it's like, we already had, I know it, like, you talk about Roswell and Area 51, like, we had that stuff there. We already had one of the alien ships there. We had aliens there. Now, all of a sudden, like, we're so advanced because when we have some of their weaponry. That's a good point. We already had the, the alien technology. Yeah. yeah. And and however much that's classified and stuff, I understand that part where you could argue with me about it. I just feel like it's too advanced. Mm. Um, again, I don't know if the TV I was watching on. Some of the scenes are super fucking dark. Like, when they approach the ship and it turns on, um, I think they're in Africa or wherever yeah. they're at. Like, it's too fucking dark. I, I thought it was really dark. Excessive use, uh, again, CGI, uh, blue screen. Um, I was really bummed when Vivica A. Fox died. I thought they could have utilized her so well. I was so happy to see her come back because I didn't know she was in this before well, watching Bling it. Was, she's just a cameo, right? That's all it was, right? She just, was a cameo. I mean, yeah. and she doesn't know how to little, get on a helicopter during a crisis. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, that's true. So uh, I, I, when I looked it up on Wikipedia, IMDb, whatever, I saw so many characters return, you know, minus Will Smith. I was like, oh, Vivica Fox in this too. I was like, so like, I was like kind of happy. I was like, okay, maybe this will be that silver lining watching this movie. And it's like, she dies so quickly. I was kind of bummed. Um, I liked the mass hysteria in the first one. People running, cars crashing, all kinds of shit. Like, I don't feel like I got that full like freak out like we got in the first one. Now, it Grant, happened one time with the guy in the taxi cab, right, where he sees the cup floating. Yeah. That's the one time I think they got it, yeah. And you kind of see that when the the young kids are driving the station wagon, they pick up Judd Hirsch, I think his yeah. name is. Uh, so you kind of see some of that, but I, we didn't get, like, that fear of, like, all, like, different areas of the country. And, like, we saw some of the lines of them driving, but, like, I felt it way more in the first one. So, um, and I agree with you, like there, the sense of urgency doesn't seem to be there, like the full sense of danger. Do you think it has to be, and I'm not even saying like story-wise, but like, like logically speaking, like, hey, aliens have already visited us, visited us once before, so that, that uh, like the world at large is already like, hey, this is a problem we've dealt with before, we need to deal with it again, as opposed to, oh my God, I never, never could imagine this shit's happening. Like, do you think, do you think they're just kind of like, Oh, they're back. 
let's fucking do the things we've prepared for. Yes, and I, and I see both points. I mean, you gotta imagine though, like there's now 20 year olds mm -hmm. like that, that were born right after this mayhem happened too. Mm -hmm. But I think like we're like, at least they portray like we're so well defended uh, against something like this happening again. And it's like, holy fuck, now I'm in a huger ship that's like actually landing, like, you know, putting it, whatever its arms down onto the, the planet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now we're learning about like drilling for this core and all, all this shit, but it's like, it's happening again. I think like, I don't know. I think you still have that, oh fuck moment. And like, we see that throughout the, I just wish they would have, I like that part of the mm. first one, I guess. And I just wish I would have When the kids more. are playing basketball in New York and they just see the, yeah, that was cool. Oh, Will Smith out there with the paper. And it's like, you just see that. I just like, I, I wanted to see more of that because again, the technology is better. We, we see the, C, the CGI is like way more advanced than 96 when mm. this came out. So I don't know. I wish we would have saw more of that, but that's just my own personal opinion. Um, when Liam Hemsworth and uh, his lady are talking about houses right before he heads <laughs> up to kill this queen. Yeah. And like right before he heads up, she's like, oh, no, no, uh, that house uh, with the stone wall. I like that house. And it's like, um, do you understand that like half the world is destroyed and the rest of it's in peril and he's trying to go fucking do this? And you're talking about real estate? And, he's like, and he even makes a comment. He's like, if the house is still there, and it's like, she kind of like has this like goofy ass grin, but it's like, yeah, not the time. Like not the time to be talking about that shit. Um, the initial jet, or, uh, jet attack was like, just like the first one I felt like. The, the jet's going up there. Yeah, there's a lot more. They do a better job portraying it, but it's like, it feels like just Same like this. thing. And they reference 96 so much. Why do they repeat so many things in this? <laughs> like, why do they repeat it? Like, they, they gotta know that there's like some kind of force field or, or whatever on this. Like, why do we repeat so much of the bullshit from the first one? And if you have their technology, yeah. Because it's bad. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's why it's in my trash. Um, fly inside the ship, and it looks so similar. Come on, man. Jesus Christ. Like, they had what? terrain on the bottom, you know? Like, oh, like my God. Vietnam. But we even saw aliens on the, on the terrain in the first one. We saw them on platforms. Yeah. We saw all this motherfucking shit. Just, like, just the amount of, like, rehashing of moments, dude, is, like, so... It's just, like, okay, we... Like, I, I get it. Like, we got to tell a different story, but it's just, like, they keep hitting the same beats, driving through the desert, all this other shit, like... It's, like, okay, now we're protecting some kind of payload or some, some, some weapon, some cold fusion bomb or whatever they talk about about to go in here it's like it's the same exact bullshit from the first mm -hmm. one i'm not calling the first one bullshit i'm just like we're repeating ourselves like here's a thought you know just to break things up and try something new what if uh the fight's underwater this time or what if it's over the the antarctic or the arctic like change locations like move things around like maybe it doesn't have to the battle doesn't have to take place over nevada again maybe yeah. it could take place in australia or asia or some other place like yeah. think outside the box just a little yeah or um, or on the moon or on they the have moon. a moon base like they could have done some other stuff that would have been like okay yeah it's not the same as the first one but i kind of appreciate it's not yeah but this uh, sorry, is too much sorry to interrupt no no, no yeah. you're good man no it gets me aggravated too um <laughs> so all this this is one of my big ones all this tech Screens floating around all DC, like fucking moon bases, fucking uh, spaceships coming down. They still got to worry about gas, and they're they're driving regular cars. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> the, the 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 young girl driving like. A 1982 station wagon. station wagon, fucking wood fake panel, goddamn station wagon. Like, 
And they're like, oh, I'm going to run out of gas. I'm like, we got cold fusion bombs, <laughs> alien technology, like in the most like rural areas, they have like alien guns and shit, but we're still driving this 82 station wagon. Like we're really doing this. Like no hover cars. We're still using gas. Like we're not even taking it like, okay, so Back to the Future 2 came out when like 85, 87, whenever it was. And it's like, we got hover cars and shit in 2015. Like in their minds here, no, no, we got all kinds of cool stuff, but you're still, your wheels are on the ground, buddy. You know what movie does a better job at combining the future with like throwback stuff? Star Trek 2009. Because remember when um, Captain Kirk yeah. steals the car and the robot cop pulls him over on like the hover bike? Yeah. That's like the perfect blend right. of how you mix future and retro. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he, you know, he steals a car and he gets pulled over by a robotic policeman. Like, right. Or he's driving through like farmland and he pulls up at a shipyard that's building spaceships. Like that's a much better way to do it. But like what you're saying, it just feels absurd the yeah. way they do it in this movie. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It it's, doesn't feel real. Like they, they never set us up for that kind of reality. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of skipping ahead on my trash, but like, okay, so we have alien guns, we have spaceships, we have laser beams coming out of these motherfucking ships, pew, pew, pew. but, <laughs> but they pull out fucking pistols, pistols, like they shoot bullets, <laughs> like, it's just a mishap of tech. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm fucking using old radios again to communicate. Like, are we really going to fucking do this? Like, yeah. use Morse code in the first one. Now we have, like, some ham radios we're using. Like, are we really fucking doing this? Um, the closing doors when they're flying out, like, on the ship. Same fucking shit. Um, so you like this movie, huh? No, using alien <laughs> ships to defeat the queen. The ending scene felt so similar. I know we're on the salt flats and all that stuff, but it just yeah. felt so similar. Mm -hmm. And then my biggest trash, my biggest fucking trash, is that they left this open for a third movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. the ending. So I hope I didn't say you guys are trash, but I had a lot. Oh, um, there's a lot more trash. <laughs> um, <laughs> treasures, I'll go through it real quick. I have like seven or eight. Um, the opening scene with the aliens, like, and they, we see the transmissions. Like and you I, can hear the quotes from the first movie. I thought that was kind of neat, like the way they open it up, like reminding us of the first one, seeing Bill Pullman and stuff. I don't know. I, For whatever reason, right before, I think it's right before we see the actual title. I can't remember. But, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that very first intro part, not after that, but just that first part. Um, the Will Smith painting, I thought at least we get to see him in this, and like they remember him. I don't know. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, again, my next four are just the actors like Jeff Goldblum being back in it. I thought it was cool. Vivica A. Fox, uh, Brent Spiner, and Bill Pullman. I thought that was cool. Uh, one thing I did laugh at, the only thing I really laughed at, was when, um, I think when they, I can't remember, when they fly through the closing doors, but Liam Hemsworth looks at Jeff Goldblum and says, did you pee your pants? And Jeff Goldblum's like, yeah. And he's like, me too. I don't know. I laughed at that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds stupid, but it made me laugh. And then one thing I did like that we didn't see in the first one, uh, and I didn't really like it, I just thought it was different, was uh, when we saw like the aliens, kind of like the infantry kind of fighting, although it was on the ship and we, it was stuff like that, I guess off the ship too, but we saw like a different kind of fighting from these aliens. Like the first one was like, hey, we have a couple with the scientists that are in there and we saw some of it. We didn't actually see them like infantry style, like fighting like ground, with their guns. Ground troops, like ground troops yeah. yeah. So we got to see some of that, which I thought was different, mm -hmm. um, but that's all I got for treasure. All right. Fuck this movie. <laughs> 
All right, uh, my trash. So uh, I can't believe we got damn near everybody back but Will Smith. Um, and honestly, you can tell, you know, the script took a hit because of it. Uh, my only question is, why didn't they take one of the Will Smith clones from Gemini Man and give us a CG Will? <laughs> I mean, when there's a Will, there's a way. Um, then uh, that's, at, that's your best one so far. Yeah, and uh, the alien at the beginning of the movie is watching the president's speech, and the first thing I'm thinking is just like, where the fuck did you get a copy of Independence Day to watch? Because <laughs> it's literally the shot from the movie, and I'm like, did the aliens just have a camera pointing when he was giving the speech? Like, what the fuck? And then you know how we talk about how like the movie looks, society yeah. has like futuristic shit. It reminds me of that meme where it's just like, what society would look like if. You know, like, and it shows, like, the yeah, futuristic Yeah, futuristic, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it, that's just how, like, it just looked to me. Um, I don't like the random portrait of Will Smith just in the White House randomly. Like, it just feels kind of, like, there. Well, you like, didn't like it. No, because there's just, like, all these presidents and all these other people, and then it's just, like, Will Smith, and he's not even in, like, like uh, military garb. He's in, like, his fighter pilot suit just yeah. randomly. And I'm like, they didn't even take, like, a legit portrait of him. You know what I'm saying? So quick, would you rather have him... In that portrait, or not at all? I would say not at all on okay. the wall. I don't. Th- I don't think you needed the wall thing. I think you could have just spoken to his son. Maybe his son has him as his wallpaper or something like that. Like, okay. just okay. randomly hanging in the White House like that. Like, it okay. just felt so out of place. Um, I never felt like that whole falling weapon sequence was interesting. Where they're like, "Oh, the tug," and yeah. we can't get it into place. It's just, just put the damn thing in place. It's, it's a goddamn cup holder. And then. Um, so one ship actually landed in Africa in 1996, right? And you're telling me that the UN and the other major governments around the world don't set up a base right next right. to it? Yeah, they to just study let, it? Yeah, you they, guys take care of it. They, yeah. just, they just leave it in Africa? And I'm yeah. like, no, in the real world, that place would be like the hub because yeah. it's still intact. That's the thing they could be studying 24 hours a day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that Area 51 base, there should be that base. And then there should be a secondary command base right under that ship. Like they, they should have converted that ship into a second base. base. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of bummed out. Like, wouldn't it have been great if, like, maybe this is for the third movie? That's how they get the human forces to that planet. Maybe that would have they set that up possibly. Yeah. But it's just like, wouldn't it have been better? Like, we convert a fighter pilot into an Earth fighter pilot in or a fighter ship in the last movie. What if we convert one of these motherships into a human mothership? moving forward that could have been like a project they're working on in africa like like what's going on with that it just it just didn't feel right that it's just like oh it's just in africa and nobody's gonna touch it yeah there'd be a fucking war over that thing you know what i'm saying so it didn't make any sense um the fact that the world leaders are so concerned with their celebration after just having a fucking alien ship pop up out of a warmer hole yeah. and they're like hey dr levinson you gotta get to dc and it's just like um Aliens just, going on. Yeah, yeah, we just shot down a fucking alien ship. What the fuck's wrong with you people? Um, I, I just hated it. Um, you know how they call it like, oh, we're not falling or we're not crashing or whatever. It's a controlled dive. Just like, no, fool, it's called falling with style. <laughs> so they didn't get that. Um, I didn't really care for Dr. Oaken's husband because I feel like he didn't do anything. His husband or his partner, boyfriend, whatever. But I'm just like, he didn't really add anything. He was just kind of there. I kind of feel like they're both doctors. Make them both experts. Mm. Like, get that shit over I still with. still want to go back. You're saying he's in the first one. He is. I looked at the cast on IMDb. He's in the first one. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you where. Yeah. I have to go back and watch. But The um, weird thing is when I looked it up too, they said that Jeff Goldblum's uh, love interest in this one was also in the first one, but I don't know. No, she wasn't in the first one. Oh, okay, because I, I don't know. I must have pulled it up the wrong way then because it said that she was in it. I don't no, know. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe. Hey, we wouldn't know. Yeah, I don't know. But um, 
so uh, I think there are too many characters in this movie, too mm-hmm. many new ones, as mm-hmm. well as catching up with all the old ones. They could have done a much better job with that. Um, like the psychiatrist, the warlord, the kids that Jeff Goldblum's dad picks up, Liam Hemsworth, his homie, Jang's niece or whatever, the new president, Will Smith's kid, the random guys on the boat looking for gold, Dr. Oaken's partner. Like we should have consolidated this cast a lot. Like you could have easily merged Liam's character with Dylan's character and made them one character. Mm -hmm. Why is Liam's character here? Just take Will Smith's son, make him the main character. Will Smith is gone, we need a new Will Smith. What a perfect character to take over that legacy. His dad died. His dad was the star and the hero of the first movie. Make the story revolve around the absence of his father. Maybe he has to live in his shadow and he has to find his own way to become a hero that we know he can be. He's already, he already has a relationship with the president's daughter. Why not just make them a couple? You know what I'm saying? They've known each other for so long. And it's just like inserting Liam Hemsworth. It just feels like we have this random character that just doesn't fucking matter, dude. Like, right. like we, have, we have this guy who was in the first movie, has a reason to fight, has a connection to the previous battle, everything you need for a main character but no we just have some random orphan kid that takes away from that character you know what i'm saying like i I don't like i don't like that they they put liam hemsworth in here and i feel like you could have merged those two characters maybe will smith's son is a fuck up and people are like hey man your dad was a hero you're a fuck up and maybe this movie is a character arc for him to finally step up and own his role as a good pilot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. Do you think it's like the name maybe, like Liam Hemsworth, like his brother's doing so well? Like, And I think that's what it was, it's just like, yeah. oh, we need some sort of star, which yeah. is why I think the Michael B. Jordan thing was part of it. Maybe they couldn't get Michael B. Jordan for this movie, and he wasn't as huge as he is now back then, but I feel like they couldn't find a young black actor kind of in our age range, like late 20s, early 30s, to kind of take over that role. So they went with, you know, whatever actor they could find in that age range. And it's just like, they just pushed all these other characters aside by inserting this one guy that has, literally has no connection to anything that happened in the first movie. When like all the character development you needed is right there. Like this movie could have been about the president's daughter. Yeah. Because she was in the first movie. It could have been about her and Will Smith's son, like fucking tackling shit together. You know what I'm saying? Because you have all the backstory you need. Both their dads were in the first movie, boom. They have a reason to be here, they have a reason to care. Uh, The French doctor didn't need her. Like why not just make Jeff Goldblum the guy that figures the shit out because he did it in the first movie? There's too many fucking characters. Mm -hmm. Um, Vivica's death, stupid. You know, she ends up working at a hospital and this is what she gets. You know, should have stayed on the pole, man, because at least strip clubs are ground level. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, the aliens, right? They're like, oh, they need their molten core, right? So you're telling me these aliens can't just go to Mars instead? Yeah. They can't go to Mars, Mercury, Venus. They can't, you know, fuck up a couple moons. Like, they have to go to planets with life. Like, none of this explains why they have to go to a planet with life on it. Mm -hmm. Because they could have easily just gone to Mars and said, oh, shit, you guys are here on Earth? We're just passing by. My bad. We're going to go to Mars or Venus. Sorry, guys. We're totally sorry. There's no real reason for them to dig up Earth's core. There's a full-ass planet before they even get here. I never even thought of it that way. Yeah, like, it's it's so dumb. Yeah, they they overcomplicated it. It just could have been like, we're out for revenge. Boom. Okay, keep it simple. Like, (laughs) they could have said in the first movie that they just dominate other species and then they're back for revenge. But instead, when they make it about the core, they're adding another layer to it. Now, if they want to dig to the core to kill us all and get revenge, that makes sense. Yeah. But to say they're doing it for resources is stupid because they could have just flown right past us at any time, yeah. right? 
I, I didn't I didn't dig that. I don't like the countdowns. I'm getting tired of it. Yeah. I'm tired of fucking countdowns. It's the worst. President's speech was ass. Wasn't feeling it. Uh, the new president sucks. Don't like her. Um, you know, we're doing the Predator on the mothership. First yeah. thing I thought was like, oh, we're doing Predator. <sighs> Alien versus Predator. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then we've got the talking ball. Um, this movie feels like a ripoff of so many different sci-fi and TV shows and video games that I've seen before. Like, there's always some progenitor species or ancient alien species that previously fought the enemy or was eliminated by the enemy or was the enemy you have like Battlestar Galactica The Expanse Borderlands Halo you know uh, Gurren Lagann like all these fucking franchises that have the exact same wasn't Transformers about that too Transformers yeah yeah. Uh, well there there was a species before the Transformers yeah you know what I'm saying so it's just like every every sci-fi so many different franchises kind of follow this where it's just like there's aliens, but then there's a third race and they're here to help you or they're the yeah. real bad guys. You know, like it, it just kind of felt like overdone a little bit. One thing real quick. Did that big white ball make you think of Oblivion for some reason? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. First thing. And I hated it. Yeah. Oh, God. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, at first it, I liked it, but then I realized that and I hated it. It reminded me of a uh, GLaDOS from Portal. It reminded me of that too. And even GLaDOS from Portal was the voice they used in Oblivion, right? For yeah. the did they use that in Oblivion? I, I can't remember. Um, there's a scene where Homeboy jumps in the fucking uh, alien ship and he's just like, "Oh, their technology hasn't changed at all." Immediately followed by, "Wow, new interface." <laughs> Not smart, guys. Um, you know, once again, the world is on edge, waiting for America to solve their problems, which kind of goes back to my other point. It's just like, don't you think we have other Area 51 type bases around the world yeah. and not just one? Like, we, we should have learned, built that second base in Africa, put another base here, here, you know, like, yeah. we, we have one base on the moon. We should have, like, three bases on the moon, yeah. you know? So I, I thought that was kind of whack. Um, you know, the battle, the battle on the Salt Flats reminds me of The Last Jedi, another shitty movie. And then, uh, what does the president say? On behalf of the earth, happy 4th of July. (laughs) And then, I mean, I don't know, just that abrupt ass ending. It's it's so stupid. Yeah, like not even like, it's just like, hey guys, we're going to space. And I'm just like, yeah, like a giant sewer lid just scraped off half the earth (laughs) and we're not even gonna address that. I actually, I I was gonna wait for me to talk about it, but it's really, like the last maybe minute, they're talking about, you know, hey, we have all this, you know, technology, technology weapons. We should bring the fight to them. Yeah, let's go kick some kid alien ass. And then it just goes black and it just rolling Emmerich. I'm just like, what? Yeah. That was the worst ending I've seen in a long time. I'm just like. And the character who says it, uh, his man just died. Like, he shouldn't be the one delivering that happy line. No. No. Like, it should have been, maybe it should have been more emotional. Like, I'm pissed. Yeah. Let's go fucking kick their ass as opposed to, dude, my partner just died, but you know what? I have a fucking alien ball to play with. Yeah, Let's we go. have all this alien technology yeah. weapons. Yeah. We'll bring the fight to them. Maybe he's just happy to be single. I don't know. Uh, but let me get into my... Uh, oh, and, and, and the ending, it just reminds me of uh, the ending of National Treasure Book of Secrets. Where it's just like, oh, let's talk about page 47 credits. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But my treasure, you know, in the last episode, I talk about how after the humans won, there had to be some aliens that made it off those blown up ships and they addressed that. Yeah, they did. They talk yeah. about the 10 year ground war and they have them in prisons and shit. So I appreciate that. Um, also... Uh, I like the ship that is so big that it has its own gravity because that's what I brought up last time. Like a ship that's that big should have its own gravity. And um, according to IMDb, 
this ship is uh, it has a width of what 3,000 miles they say mm-hmm. in the movie which is the diameter of Jupiter's moon Europa the sixth largest moon in the solar system which is only slightly smaller than Earth's moon right so wouldn't a second moon-sized object not just entering Earth's gravitational field, but actually touching the Earth and landing on Earth. Change everything. Immediately throw the entire planet off its orbit and its axis with its collective mass. It's like an asteroid hitting it. Yeah. 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 We, and, we and, always talk about like, you know, size of Texas causing mass destruction. This was like half the size of the Earth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like the size of like the United States almost, like 3,000 miles almost. It, co- almost. it covered all of Asia and Europe. Yeah. Like it's fucking crazy. I think once one of the, like the, the arms or legs hit the Earth, it should have been over. Oh, yeah. Oh, roll the credits. Yeah. Earth is done. Yeah. Oh, one of the arms. I thought, was, I thought it went into the United States. Huh? Oh, like I it, it like landed. goes all the way up to the White House. Like yeah. it, it scrapes and it yeah. like stops and it like yeah. knocks the over. White House, the, yeah. The flag a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I remember well, I think that. That's what they said. Like, what part of the Atlantic? And he's like, the entire Atlantic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like over that. So it like so stretches. Any that hit the ocean, we should have tsunamis. Earth is atmosphere over. should be completely yeah, gone yeah. like nobody should be able to like everything should be hot as fuck and we should all be yeah, obliterated we should have a bunch of fallout and it should be just like you know if the aliens wanted to get revenge just take an empty one of those and just throw it onto the yeah. onto the planet or just have it like walk across the planet as it goes and just slowly eat shit yeah. up like yeah. why I don't know um, yeah but also scraping on the moon all that debris would have killed us either way like you know yeah. how it scrapes the top of the moon <laughs> it's funny my treasure is turning into trash <laughs> and then um, my biggest treasure is uh, when the warlord turns to the dude with the glasses I love the warlord by the way mm-hmm. but when he turns to the dude with the glasses and he says you talk too much yeah. I was like thank you he's like fucking Riley from National Treasure <laughs> but I'm sorry that was I had a lot of trash I had way more but I'm gonna cut it right there uh, Bling how about you alright I'm gonna start with my treasures first so I actually enjoyed uh, the CGI in this film. I praised the first film for having, at the time, very cutting edge CGI. I think now that the film's come out, you know, 20 years later, the CGI has gotten a lot better. Um, at, at no point did I think like, oh, there's, you know, there's a green screen, everything looked really good. Two scenes I like, the anti-gravity scene where the gravity starts to shift on Earth. I thought that looked really good. Um, the second one is when the, the, the Harvester Queen is running on the salt flats. You kind of see the shadows. I know ray tracing is a big thing with the, all the next-gen gaming. That's what I kind of compared it to. Like, it looked really good. Um, the other thing I liked about this film, even though it started off slow, is that once the action started kicking in, it was just nonstop action the rest of the way. So I did enjoy those two things about the film. That's it. <sighs> Trash. There we go. You touched upon it, um, Kerwin. Liam Hemsworth's character, when the first time I saw this film, he didn't even be in the film. He was completely useless. You could have just condensed his character into Will Smith's, or is it Captain Hiller's son, whatever his name is. For a film that tries to bring, had so many cameos, like, you didn't need to have any of them. You could have got rid of Judd Hirsch's character. You could have got rid of Vivica A. Fox's character. You could have gotten rid of Dr. Oaken's character. They didn't need to be in the film. I think that made the film too crowded that you couldn't develop the storylines for any of the characters. Um, Do you think they did that, though, like anticipating Will Smith being in it, too? Like, it would have been a whole well-rounded, like, returning cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then it's like, Will Smith backs out, and it's like, well, we've already, like, got these people in here, and it's like, 
I guess we'll continue. Now we got to fill the void with yeah. other stories because yeah. this maybe this arc we were going to follow isn't here anymore. But you're right. I didn't even think about it that way. Now that Will Smith's on it, like you really don't need a lot of these other characters. And, and that's the thing. I think the first film did a really good job because in the first film, you really had only three arcs. You had... Will Smith. Will Smith, Dr. Levinson, and then you had at one point the, the president's kind of angle but at some point yeah, all the story Jeff Koblenz but at some point all their storylines converge, the converge into one storyline here you didn't think it did it that way it's all over the place you have this going on here fight on, on the plane you have them doing stuff at Area 51 it's just everything is just crowded and I think that's that's why a, a lot of the characters you know story arcs and subplots are very thin is because their storylines at, at no point do they all converge and they're all doing the same thing I know a lot of films are known for having like you know the bumbling sidekick. This movie had three of them, and that really bothered me. You had what do you call it, Jeff Goldblum's assistant. You had Charlie, uh, what do you call Lima Hemsworth's partner. You had Doctor Oaken and his partner. It's just like I know you do it for a comedic effect, but you don't need that many bumbling idiots. The other thing is they try to kind of shovel in these love arcs. You have four love arcs. You have that doctor. You have, you know, the daughter and, you know, Jake. You have Dr. Oaken and their love arc. Um, and, and it's like you're, you're trying to converge all these different love arcs, and none of them had any chemistry. You had more chemistry in The Tourist. And if you've ever seen that movie, it's terrible. So, <laughs> um, But it's, it's like why? And then at the very end, it's like Jeff Goldblum was trying to have a moment, and I'm like, why are you trying to create this love arc that we never felt throughout the entire film? It just like feels like it just you just shoveled it in. There's moments where they try to recreate some of that kind of moments from uh, the first film, the liners. Like, I think at one point, what do you call it? What, what is a Will Smith's son in the film? Dylan. Dylan. Dylan is like, I promise you fireworks. And since it's the 4th of July, he tries to use that line. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I remember the, it was like a line they used in the first film. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. At, at one point, Jake, he punches the alien. And then he's just like, ah, you know, like the very iconic scene where Will Smith says, you know, welcome, punch, to, Earth, welcome yeah. to Earth. And I just feel like, I, I know it's fan service, but at the same time, like, create something new. Mm. I mean, I got it when they, I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, they're paying homage to the first film. But it didn't, like, stick with me saying, oh, that's a moment that I'm going to remember from this film. Like, I, the first time around, I didn't actually remember it until I, I saw it again. I was like, oh, okay, there, there's moments where they're paying homage to the first film. And it just felt like it was... Booty. It was unoriginal. It was unoriginal. At least they didn't say it should have been at a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, then I talked about the ending. I just hated how we're going to kick their ass, fade the black, Done. roll it's the Emmerich, like the Star- roll. Starship Troopers ending, right? Yeah. And we will win. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> done. You know, like, uh, that's all you got? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you guys touched on a, a lot of the other things, but I mean, really, this film... Missed the mark. It, it, it didn't miss the mark. It, it, yeah. it, it didn't need to be in, think in, in Independence with, Day. So. With now Cruin saying things as well, like Will Smith, I think it tried to, and it was just forced that it just missed. It was just, yeah. It, it was like, hey, we, we tried to, but it, it, it just wasn't I happening. think Will Smith was like that first, but it was like a huge domino that just like, yeah. it just shredded this movie. Yeah, because like he's, he's the highest grossing actor in the cast. He's the moneymaker, international appeal. Like they probably wrote a script assuming that the studio was going to be like, fuck yeah, Will, come on, man. And I mean, when you think about like what Robert Downey Jr. is making at that time, 
like 50 mil for two movies yeah. that's not a lot when you really think about it like yeah. at that time 2014 up until release like that's not a lot at that time so i'm just kind of like they didn't fork over the money they didn't have a backup they already had to go into production like i actually feel kind of bad because like i feel like even they're saying will smith backed out we should have just quit i feel that they had a really good story and because Will Smith dropped out, they didn't have enough time to rewrite. And you and I were talking about this, you know, off mic, just like there are good things in this movie that if you take them, get rid of some of the characters like we're discussing, mm -hmm. minimize some of these arcs and put maybe like two or three arcs into focus and actually focus on these people. Cause that's why you like the first one. Yeah. Aliens are cool, but the characters like are cool. They have chemistry. Like yeah. if they can focus on that consolidate some of these roles into like single characters and let them flourish like there's something there that makes me want to see what happens next because you can imagine it's 20 years later it's not really like i'm not saying it's a money grab maybe it is but i think if will smith came back it's like no like people love the first one we're doing it justice we're coming back 20 years later we're going to show where people are at i think there could have been something really good and instead now, the way that they did it, it feels like a money grab now where it's like, hey, we had so much recognition from the first one. People still talk about it. Now it's just like, oh, how much money can we make with this? As opposed to like, hey, no, we had a good story. You know, shit at the fan for whatever reason. You know, Will Smith, you know, he backed out. We got every like almost a ton of characters to come back from the first one. And now it's just it just it feels like a money grab now. Yeah, I don't know. It sucks. That yeah, it, it made that. 200 million dollars. They could have afforded him. And who knows how much more money they could have even made yeah. if he's in the film. You imagine? 50, imagine 50 million probably cost them 500 million. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. they, like that's crazy to me. Yeah. And it, it, we're talking about one filling. It's 25 million for him now. And we're talking about Fox Studios that made fucking X-Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. And New Mutants and Apocalypse. Like. Yeah, yeah. And Fantastic Four. Like, I kind of like Apocalypse. I don't, know. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. I can't remember. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I'm sorry. We totally cut blink. No, no. I, I, I like I said, there's a lot of things that, like I said, this film is just the way it was executed. I, I always look at it from, you know, like a director's cut. If, if they actually cut out a lot of stuff and develop, like I said, a lot of the points you, you mentioned about the love arcs with, uh, you know, with the L, uh, LGBTQ community, I think they would have explored that if, like, there just wasn't enough time. You were trying to tell so many different stories. This could have been almost two movies. I think they'd condense it to one, yeah. right? It went fast. It's it just one of those things, like, and I said, I, I feel like they said, the, even the, like I said, the pacing, it, it started off slow. Like the whole moon base and Jake screwing up. I was like, you don't even need this in the film. Like, you don't just, need the character. Yeah, just get, get right into that. I mean, and, and if the rest of the tone of the film is just pure action, just just start with that. Also, this movie's like, uh, what, 20 minutes shorter than the first one? Yeah. So the first one had way more time with these people. This movie has way more action and bullshit happening, but like with almost half an hour less time to, yeah. to tell whatever story it needs to tell. So there's there's the time thing, there's the the overseas marketing appealing to them, there's Will Smith backing out, there's just so much shit, and then trying to set up the sequel like it's, mm -hmm. it's BS, dude. Like it's they're they're tr they're doing too much. They're yeah. doing too much. But but yeah, that's pretty much it. I think you guys touch on everything else. Yeah. Um, my last criticism is is just like so this movie ends on a cliffhanger, right? And the studio is like, cool, we're gonna greenlight that. Here's one thing I wish studios would do. If you know the initial movie you're selling to us, 
is only a setup for a franchise, have the balls to release a second one. Yeah. Like, you know that this movie lacks the star power, not testing well, you know what I'm saying? And it ends on a cliffhanger that's obviously supposed to go into a third movie. Have some fucking balls and say, you know what, we're going to own it. We're going to tell part two of this story and redeem this they're first not, movie. They're not going to at all. No, they never will. But it's just like, when you think yeah. about the amount of dumb projects studios spend money on, it's just like... You spent what they spent like 170 on this 165 165 drop another 165 drop 145 on the next it'll movie. make money yeah, yeah it'll make yeah. money like so I'm just kind of like have have the fucking balls because you know this movie's all set up based on the script yeah have some fucking balls and green light the next one and say you know what we're gonna prove you motherfuckers wrong and we're actually gonna tell the goddamn story like I, I hate that shit so many movies are franchise bait and then the studios don't have the balls to release the second one because it didn't do it didn't make a billion dollars like Avengers yeah. yeah like their expectations are too fucking high I don't know I mean if they do make a sequel though I wouldn't say all of a sudden find a way to bring Will Smith back to life or something <laughs> I mean yeah they could use the, the crash angle like he was testing the alien tech he died he was in a coma maybe for 700 and <laughs> Yeah, there's that. I mean, maybe he got teleported to the other planet with the the drive, so who knows? They cloned him or something. (laughs) Gemini Man. Gemini Man Part 2 slash Independence Day 3. Gemini Man Resurgence. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Anything else for Trash and Treasure? No. All right, so uh, let's let's figure out how much we would pay to watch Independence Day Resurgence. Mugga, how much would you pay? I I was going to go zero, but with... I, I don't know. I have to give it something, so I'm giving it the lowest amount of a five dollar that I can. I mean, I paid three ninety nine twice for it, so it's a low five dollars. But I am going to give it some sort of money because of it's just piggybacking off that. And I think there was a few things they did good. I can't give it a zero, but I'm, I'm going to give it five. All right, Jason, how about you? I'm going zero. You're going uh, zero. I'm going yeah. zero. Uh, I did not enjoy this movie at all. Um, I think they missed the mark, and they I'm definitely not, missed the mark. Yeah. I'm not saying it's all their fault. I think Will Smith, you know, backing out of this was probably a huge thing. It, it changed the script. It changed the whole direction of the film. I understand all that, um, but they still went ahead and made it. And you know what really threw me off the entire time is just the constant CGI. And I understand, like we all love the the MCU, and and, and there's a lot of that in there, but. I don't know what it is. I feel like they do it so much better. And in this film, it was just so apparent that it was just, and again, I talked a lot about like some of the technology, like discrepancies, like between laser guns and then pistols, uh, floating TVs and, and, and moon bases. And we are still driving gas powered cars. Like we have cold fusion bombs and it, it just doesn't, it's just so much wrong with this that. I, I caught myself a few times checking out, but I knew I had to watch this, so I, I paid attention and wrote down as much trash as I could. Um, so I, I have to go zero. Okay. Um, there, there is a huge part of me after doing the research that makes me want to give it a pity five. Like I, like I feel bad for the people involved, like I said before, but it's just like the end result is like a, is a zero, man. Like, like there's something there, but like you know, so many circumstances were involved that prevented them from reaching whatever their goal they were trying to reach and just i don't know man like this this shit was all over the place it it just sucks that um they didn't have enough time to kind of recuperate from like will smith dropping out and you know all the other pressures that they might have faced and getting the movie down to under two hours or who knows what you know what i'm saying but like there there is something there 
But unfortunately, what we saw, you know, we didn't get it. And so, they, and they, I mean, they had to have known this, but they still went ahead and made it. And it's like, we're judging what they made. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's just not good. Yeah. You made franchise bait and nobody, nobody bit it. So, I mean, like, I, I want to like this movie. I, I genuinely would love to see this become a franchise, but like they shit the bed, man. Like, yeah. they, so I gotta, I gotta go zero. Uh, Bling, what about you? Um, this is going to be a $20 ticket first. I am giving this film also a zero. Uh, oh, Independence shit. Day Resurgence, which by the way, I forgot to mention this title totally sucks. Um, it's one of those films, it's a sequel that maybe it came out you know, right after this, uh, the, the first one and it's still fresh in people's minds and we're like, okay, we wanna see where this story goes. Maybe people would wanna see it. And I don't think at this point anybody, especially myself was like, okay, you know what? It's been so, much, so long now, we don't need a sequel. Will Smith's not gonna be in it. Um, it's one of those sequels where it's just kind of like the Hangover. Hangover, first one, great film, but you're not recommending the second or third one. You don't. The story ends at the first one, and that's how I felt about this franchise. Like the story ended at the first one. We didn't need the second one. Someone owes me four dollars, so uh, this is a this is a zero. <laughs> Nobody owes you anything. So is this your first zero? This is my first zero wow. as a guest on Twenty Dollar so Ticket. No pillars is what you're saying. <laughs> None. Those are those are rookie numbers. Saying not, not A, B, three or four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, mugs, how much are we? Dollar twenty-five. What? And I, I was really hovering around zero, but looking at some things, I, I, I gave it something just because. But I, I didn't want to. But there's some. I don't know. Dollar twenty-five. That's a good rating for us, I think. Dude, you know, it's like, generous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is generous. generous. Yeah. But um, do you think Fox would be generous towards Tom Cruise if yes. he was trying to be yes. in this movie? Yes. So uh, who would Tom Cruise be in this movie? Liam no. Hemsworth's character. Anybody. No, because I feel like we, we said that he's irrelevant. What about if he is the guy that is, I don't know his name, the guy in Armageddon that ends up becoming sworn as president. I think he would have been good as far as for Tom Cruise. I don't know. That's my opinion. Anybody in this film with Tom Cruise would have been better. Um, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that Tom Cruise would have liked to be in this movie, but 20th Century would have been like, oh, we don't want to pay you. So he yeah. couldn't have got in. So no Tom Cruise in this movie. Okay. I think Liam. I think yeah. he could have replaced him. Right, or just, just make him Maverick. Yeah. Or the voice of that, that brown ballish thing. <laughs> yeah. That would have been funny. Yeah. He's the queen alien. He's just him. He's just the queen alien. He's just walking around 50 feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. The armor opens. Fucking Tom Cruise across. Oh my God. Tom Cruise had a shield. <laughs> he could be the school bus. He was transported through War of Worlds and now he's doing all that. All right. Well, uh... Fuck you, Sally. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's two zero, the numbers, $20Ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and thank you for listening. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Do you want me to turn this off? Is it distracting you? Yeah, I'm kind of watching oh, it again. Like, me too, and I'm gonna like I'll, I'll turn. Oh, I was watching it too, man. Shut you up. see that last shot? Holy mm, shit! I know, right? <laughs> I had a something. A, a something with? I had a tangle. I had an entanglement yeah. with August. <laughs> we'll just I'll say our treasure. One, two, three. It ended. All right, now let's get into our trash. One, two, three. It started. <laughs> Uh, the last episode of The Sopranos where it ends mid-sentence and the screen goes black. I'm not looking forward to Oh, just to like that. this movie? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he finished his sentence. 
Are you guys ready? Yep. All right. <clears throat> cough, cough. Coughing. I don't know. All right. Uh, in a 2016... Let's talk about Shrek, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about Shrek.